are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Porno Duff. My name is just, uh, just Rex. I mean, my name's Duff, but I, I think Porno Duff is the, the, the full name. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Duff is actually a short nickname for Porno Duff. Porno Duff. And if you wonder why, um, there's there's you, absolutely no reason. If you wonder why, you haven't been listening to this show for very long. Yeah, you've never heard this show before. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> I just love I just love when you were, uh, we all, we all, uh, <laughs> you played a show of ours one time with a t-shirt that said Porn King. <laughs> no, you know, here's here's one of my favorite stories. Uh, one of my favorite stories about this was we were in high school and th- there was a video store in town. Um there was the Blockbuster, right? But then there was a video store in town that was like a normal video store, but it also had the back room. It had the cowboy you know? doors. Right, it had the cowboy doors. And <laughs> we we were it was it was Rex myself and uh, a buddy of ours. And you know we were like, oh, we should go in there. We should we should get some we should get some porno. And we were trying to give him a hard time. We were like, dude, you should go in and do it. And, and then like, actually, there was there was the, the two of you and somebody else. And they're like, no, man, you gotta go. I was like, why do I gotta go? They're like, you're the guy who knows everything about porno. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, you're like you're the one that knows everything about porno. You'd have walked like, well, back there and been like, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. Seen it. <laughs> It'd be like it'd be like Rain Man looking at baseball cards. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> need it, need it, got it. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> need those it, need it, got the- it, need it, got it, got it. <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days when you'd go through the used bin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember they had a used bin in the middle of the store, and you'd always go fishing through there. Because and they weren't the normal size. I don't know why, but they were always like the gigantic VHS boxes where like the tape was like forty percent of the packaging. Oh man! And we're not talking like Disney clamshells. We're talking like giant boxes. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like it was crazy. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> big is good. If you ever you see know. Duff walking out of a place with a brown paper bag, don't ask him what he bought. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's either liquor or porn. You know. Uh, you know, I actually, I haven't been to a, I actually haven't been to a smut store in a while. You know what I mean? Like, a, like a good. Um, well, they're a waste me. of your time. You know more. You you'd walk in and look at the guy who's there and be like, I know more than you, and just walk past him. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it's it's horrible. You know, they're they're, they're sitting behind. <laughs> Oh, you're sitting behind the counter and you're like, I know more than you. And you walk like, I can, I, can they'll look at me like, can I help you? And I just laugh. Didn't you like <laughs> give recommendations to like a porn store owner? I did. Of, like what he should buy. I know. I, I didn't give him recommendations. He asked me for recommendations. <laughs> and I was 17 and he had to be 21 <laughs> to get in there. In, in Erie, in Erie, there were two smut stores. One you had to be 18 and one you had to be 21. And the one that you had to be 21, I had gone on there and I had bought a few DVDs. And at that point, though, um, it was still like where DVDs were still kind of a new thing. 
And he was like, he was like, yeah, we normally sell uh, VHS. He's like, but I know you've bought a couple of DVDs in here. He's like, I was wondering if you can give me some recommendations. Like, what do you like? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, thank you. You know, I and cracked my it, knuckles. It was like well, in that scene from Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, I cracked my knuckles. I'm like, well, I'm glad that my... Uh, well, what what I'm, is your I'm, clientele I'm, into so I know which direction to go here? Well, I'm, I'm like, ah, I'm finally glad I'm a... I'm glad to finally be appreciated. <laughs> um, well, you're talking to the right person. With pearly here. white... <laughs> You know, in socks. It's it's just uh, on Eileen. It's, it's still it's still it's still funny that I never invested um, in uh, in in my own in my own store of smut or my porn emporium, whatever. Well, when you came to New York City, I said we should go to the uh, we should go to Larry Flint's joint because they'd probably have a room like we, we okay guys. It's game time. It's the day we've all been waiting for. Yeah, but the, the funny thing is, they pull guys, the alarm. <laughs> Like I'm serious, like, like it's one of those things where you guys, you're like, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to. New York. It's kind of like imagine this, like I'm going to New York City, you know, it's like for my birthday or something, and and you're like, yeah, we're gonna take you out for your birthday, and you know, we we get there and you're like, hey, we got a big surprise for you, we're gonna we're gonna take you out to the Larry Flint place, and you know, I act all surprised, and you know, <laughs> when I walk in, it'll be in, it'll be like in Fight Club, like hi sir, you know? hello sir. Hello, tell sir. everyone the pervert's back. <laughs> tell everyone the, That's what I say when I go to, when I go back home to Erie, Pennsylvania, though. Tell every everyone the pervert's back. I walk in, there's a bar there, and every time I walk every time I go there, I go, tell everyone the pervert's back. That's <laughs> oh, just true. Yeah, they're like, Yeah, we're gonna take you to we're gonna take you to this strip club. I'm like, Yeah. You walk in, they're like, Why is that room called Duff's? I'm like, Yeah. Um, <laughs> they named it after me. <laughs> as a, By the way, as a for lock. the record, it's not because it's not because I rented it. To put my name on it, it's 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 named in my dedication. It's in, in your honor, honor, in your honor. <laughs> it's named in my honor because I was probably. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> anyways, <sighs> um, no, it's 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 gonna be a fun show because yeah, I'm uh, gonna drink. I'm gonna drink tonight. I, I got lots in. of booze. Um, we're we're partying. We got all kinds of beer. <laughs> we got all kinds of beer. You guys are all woohoo. <laughs> You know, I uh, uh, I spent my week uh, I spent my week in Texas. I will not say where because um, I don't want to give anything away about you know jobs and things like that. But I spent. My I'm week sure in Texas. no one knows. No way. Just saying. You could say San Antonio, and people will be like, "No, nobody's going to jump on the internet and try and narrow you down." <laughs> but I, well, I know I, it wasn't the, the San Antonio. I know it, it's its what? own little town. But anyway, you, were, you yeah, you were in Texas. That that's general enough there. I, I spent did go a lot to, of time in Texas. Yeah, I used to. I did go to a place that used to be a brothel, and um, I went to this bar. I won't. I won't get into specifics. But I went to this bar that used to be a brothel, and uh, the manager comes over, and I was like, "So uh, I, I have a complaint." She's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "I understand this used to be a brothel, but is no longer." She's like, "Yeah, that's true." I said. I asked the waitress, and she told me that, and I was like, just for the record, you know, like, sassafras, and she's like, what's that? I'm like, I, I don't know, I was, I was hoping that was, like, the password. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know, I'm trying I'm trying everything I can to, you know, because you got to let me in. <laughs> I was like, is there a secret knock? Is there a password? I'm like, like what, what do I have to do to be let in? And, um... Unfortunately, she I found immediately called the police. <laughs> yeah, no. actually, you know what she you know what she told me. What's that? She's like, she's like, yeah. For the record, she's like, um, 
She's like, I, I have a, there's a group of like 80 year old women that every time they come in here, they tell me to let them, to let them open it back up. <laughs> I was like, she's like, yeah, there's some feisty 80 year old women. I was like, well, at least they're feisty. You know? <laughs> um, I, Duff, uh, Duff's like, well, try anything once. <laughs> hey, you know, I, 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 <laughs> well, they deserve to get some too. You know, I mean. Yeah, you know, nothing like a gum job, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, but seriously though, I was I tried, man. I tried I tried I literally said I'm like Sassafras. She's like, what are you doing? I was like hoping it was a password. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time down the summers. My my I had a parents that lived down there. Uh I used to spend a lot of time in Texas, uh down in Austin. Uh I haven't been there in wow, like probably well over twenty years. Um but uh, actually, probably I'm almost thirty at this point. But um, yeah, Texas is a huge place. Everything's bigger in Texas. Um, yeah. So, anywho, we've got a fun show lined up. I got all kinds of booze. I got. Uh, I got. I, I got all kinds of cheap beer. I got all. I got whiskey, and I got. Well, I. You know, I. I actually did want to say something real quick here. Um, well, I just well, hey, wanted man. to give a shout out. To the person who invented whiskey. And look, I don't know if they wore capes. You know, if they wore a cape. But if they did, not if they did not, not all heroes wear capes. And if they did, some heroes wear capes. So uh, I just wanted to thank the person who invented whiskey. I just, you know, wanted to give a special shout out, heavy metal hangover shout out to whomever that was. Probably somebody a long, 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 long time ago that is is without a name. But whoever whoever first figured out how to make whiskey, thank you. I, I I feel the same way about beer and strip clubs. You know, whoever invented the first one. Uh, actually, I'm really not the strip clubs. <laughs> they were. Pro- <laughs> I'm going to say they, what uh, you said. They were probably married. <laughs> from, from what I've heard, I'm probably not wrong. Um, <laughs> from what, I, <laughs> dude? I just, dude. It just. I'm sorry. It reminds me of that time when we worked on the radio, and this guy, this guy we knew, someone called us up and like, dude, he just got engaged, and you need to. Um, like, could you no, it was he's getting married this weekend. As like he's getting married this weekend, and uh, uh, he loves Slayer. Will you dedicate him a Slayer song? We're like, yeah, okay. And we dedicated him Hella Waits, and didn't realize that what we dedicated to him <laughs> at first. We're like, oh my god. Um, and we, 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 no, we were probably right. Um, oh, there's there's little doubt. I mean, <laughs> dude, I will I will tell you though. While I was in Texas, I like I felt like a, I felt like a complete twat. I was at I went out and did I went out and did karaoke and. Um, I, I sang a song and then I signed up and did Pepper by the Butthole Surfers. And I felt like an idiot because I was like, I, it is either the worst possible song to sing here or it is so cliched of a song to sing when I'm here. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be either one of those guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the guy who sings a song about dying in Texas because I'm in Texas. You know what I mean? Like, but- like that's the like that's the what every. Whatever. Well, I really wasn't in a touristy part, but you know what I mean. Like, is that what every tourist does? Like, do you, do you? Well, does everyone sing that? I don't know. But. I have one question for you. Did you do the Texas test? I don't know what you're talking about. So that's when you just in a random part in the town, ta- random part of Texas, random part of the city, random. You just yell, "The stars at night are big and bright," and see if every single person turns around and goes, "Deep in the heart of Texas." Oh, you know what though? I was. Yeah, I wasn't really. I, I was because I was there for the, the, where I was almost the entire time. I was there for work, so I was really just around like 
you know, work type people. And um, then the one night that I went out to a, um, I went out to a karaoke bar, and dude, it was the day after Toby Keith died. So you know, it was just a whole night of people singing Toby Keith. Um, but uh, you know, that's just just that I, I I have a feeling they're still going to be singing Toby Keith at every bar there. Uh, but it was really it was hardly like what I would call like a Texas bar, just because it was. It was very suburb, you know. It was very suburbia where I was, but um, except the, except for the, the 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 brothel place, the, the the brothel bar I went to, that place was just awesome. It was just absolutely awesome. Had you know amazing food, and unfortunately, none of my passwords worked. Um, I did try, <laughs> and I'm not joking. I literally said to her, "I'm like Sassafras." <laughs> I don't know why I said Sassafras. I, I, part of me felt like that. If there was a password, it was that. Um. But I was wrong, you know. I was, I was like, I, you know, I, despite the, um, despite my reputation, this is one situation where I do tip, but you know, nobody listened. <laughs> oh man, it was a good week. It was a good week, but I am here and ready to drink considerably. At least that sounds cool. good. Smells good. <laughs> Smells good. Oh, oh Bruce. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> so tonight we've got some things we want to talk about. And by we have some things we want to talk about, we basically just want to make fun of Carrie King all night. Oh, yeah. That's all I want to do. I, I, I am just here to make fun of Carrie King. That, that's the only thing. I, I don't care if this is a 10-minute episode or a three-hour episode. I just want the rest of this night be, to be dedicated to Carrie King being the worst thing to ever happen. I mean, he's not he's not bad like Carl Logan bad, but he's bad like Eddie Trunk bad. You know, like my the my the, the, the two worst people we ever talk about are Carl Logan and Eddie Trunk for completely different reasons. I hate Eddie Trunk, but I'm clearly not putting them in the same category. Right? Like one is filth and not in a good way. The other one's just a horrible person, and I'll, I'll leave it up to you to figure out which one I mean. But you know, I, I hate Eddie Trunk because I think he's just horrible. But I, uh, I think, I think Carrie King has has become the next. Like I don't even want to bitch about Eddie Trunk anymore. Carrie King has just he, he it's, it's as if he's overtaken. He's overtaken it. He he's he is now the owner of the worst person in metal. He he is now the. You know he he's he's the king of he's the king of crap. I don't know what you want to call it, dude. Let me make fun of his and, stupid and, tattoos. His and, his tattoos are the least bad part about Carrie King. So the the thing about it is like this is all based on a recent interview that he did in Rolling well, Stone. Interviews. Well, but I mean Rolling Stone really was was the the main one that got me. I mean like and a lot of the the a lot of the things people are posting were taken from the Rolling Stone interview. Um, and normally so, I wouldn't care what Rolling Stone said, well, but this is a good one. So it's insane to me. I have never in my life read an article with somebody who, while jerking themselves off, tells you how they are completely not vain at all. Like, I have literally never read an article where somebody sits there and goes so hard on themselves and then tries to convince you that they are the most modest person in the world. He's like, I don't mean to be vain, but I'm the most amazing thing in the world. Like, I, and to literally, like... 
I'm like he literally took a crap on every member of Slayer except for Paul Bostaff, who is a hired gun for him right now, and Jeff. Because at this point, I think it's really impossible for him to say anything about Jeff because you know. Even Carrie King. He has King, in the past. He has he in the can't past. right now because it well, would make him. Well, the funny thing is, he does without doing it. He says, like, so he's talking about, like, oh, Jeff wanted to come back. And he's like, no, no, man, trust me, you're not 100%. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, dude who can't even play his own song, and I saw this live and in person, dude who can't even play his own song and has to skip the section of the song he can't play to, to like, continue the, the show. Um, he tried three times, failed three times, and then just told his guitar tech, just forget it. Let's just go past it. He's going to sit there and lecture somebody on how they're not ready to play. Now, whatever. But And Jeff was like, I want to play four. And Carrie was like, I want to, or Jeff said, Jeff said to Carrie, this is from Carrie King's interview. He's like, Jeff wanted to do four songs. And I said, no, nah, man, you're only going to do two because they're going to figure out after two songs that you're just not ready yet. I'm doing you a favor. Like, he literally would tell Jeff Hanneman, I'm doing you a favor by not letting you play. Um, And it, I don't think there would be a Slayer fan there who would have sat there and said, man, Jeff sucks. No, dude, to get out there and for him to play four songs, regardless of what performance he would have put in, I think everybody would have said, I don't care if Jeff didn't hit every note because, let's be honest, Carrie doesn't hit every note. <laughs> I don't care if, let's, you know. Let's, let's be fair. When you saw Judas Priest... I mean, think about when you saw Judas Priest. Would you have complained? Oh, oh, oh with Glenn, I was, I was like, I was wondering where you're going with that, but I, no. oh yeah, 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 with Glenn, would you have been like, damn it, I wish he would have played one fewer song. No, with dude, with Glenn, I would, you know, I even said, I'm like, wow, they picked like the songs I know he can play. I was just happy to see him out there playing. I didn't care if they played Breaking the Law, if they played Living After Midnight. I'm like, of course, I know that he's not going to go out there and play Painkiller. Like, I know that. I wasn't expecting that. It was just good, great to see him out there. Frankly, if they would have done a whole set and we would have called it Songs Glenn Can Play, I would have enjoyed the set just as much. I mean, they could have done... I'm just guessing here. They could have done something like Dead Skin Mask and South of Heaven. You know, they could have done a couple of the songs that are a little bit slower. Or maybe a couple of the ones that just he played a billion times. Like, he can probably play Angel of Death in his sleep. Or whatever. But, like, um, I mean, if he would have come out of the Big Four at Yankee Stadium, I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared what he played. I would have just been like, holy crap, Jeff's there. I've seen Jeff live. I've seen every iteration of Slayer. So I've seen Jeff with, you know, every... I've seen him with Jeff, without Jeff, with Paul, with Jeff, with Dave, with Jeff, with, you know... I, I, I've seen every iteration of Slayer at some point. So... With the only one, John Dett would be the only... Yeah, John Detty, but who, Jetty, he was never he, in the band. He was just... He was like a fill-in a couple nights. And, you know, Gene Hoagland, I think, maybe filled in for... I, I can't right, remember. But, I mean, like... But, like, I, I mean, see, every I've, actual lineup of the band that was I've on an album. I've with, seen with, with Hanneman and without Hanneman, but I've never seen them with, with Dave. I think it it's the weirdest thing in the world that I've seen Slayer five or six times, and I've never seen them with Dave Lombardo. I saw them and with... I didn't see them five or six times all at the same time. I saw them across years. I saw them with Lombardo, I want to say, and I'd have to check my dates. I want to say the year before the Big Four, because I think Lombardo left the year of the Big Four. And I think the year, the year before that, they did, a, they did a smaller show, and it was Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax. Um, and I I've seen them five times, and it was never with Dave. 
I know I've seen him with Lombardo, but to be, you know what? You know what? I may have even seen him with Lombardo at Oz. No, you would have been at that Oz. You saw no, that it same was, Oz it was, Fest it was tour. Definitely, was, it was definitely Paul. I know I 100% saw them with Dave Lombardo. I know 100%. Was he? Wait, I've was, was Lombardo? You know what? Lombardo was at the Big Four. You're right. So, yeah, I've seen it. Well, and I know I've seen him with Hanneman and Lombardo. And I think, yeah, I saw them with Hanneman and Lombardo the year before the Big Four. That Hanneman was there. It was before Gary Holt joined. That like that was right before he got bit by the spider. I'd have to check my dates on that, but that was the full lineup. That was the show I saw. I had Lombardo, Hanneman, King, and Araya. That was the show I saw. That's the one I'm thinking of. I saw them at that Ozfest '98 or whatever one it yeah. was. I saw them in Pittsburgh at that small show with you. I saw them at Tattoo the Earth. In 99 or 2000, and then I saw them twice, and then I didn't see them again, and I saw them twice on their farewell tour, but those were all Paul tours. So let's see. Never saw them with Dave. I've never seen Dave Lombardo. So I saw and them at Nassau wacky. Coliseum in Long Island. Let me, when did, when did, let's see, I'm going to see, when did, when did Hanneman bit by spider? When did he get bit by the spider? Um, 13, like 20, he died. 13. I'd say 2012, 2013. Uh, what the hell do I know? Thirteen is when he died, so it was before yeah, that, and that. it was twelve. Twelve, he was already out, and Gary Holt had already replaced him because that was the big four. It was two, it was twenty twelve? I mean, I remember when he died, and I know no, where I, do I too. was. So, um, I don't remember when he got bit by the spy. I know because I know for a fact Gary Holt was not at the Nassau Coliseum show. Um, that was the one I was at the year before. Yeah, it was in late twenty eleven. Late twenty eleven is when he got bit. And I saw them at October eighth, twenty ten. Yeah, I remember. I remember what bar I was at. I remember the bar I went to the day he died. Yeah, it was. It was. It was twenty eleven. Like summer is actually in a twenty eleven interview. He said he got bit, and then yeah, for yeah, so one hundred percent. It was that's crazy to think that was only a year apart between Hanneman and Holt. Because I saw them October 8th at Nassau Coliseum, and that was 100% Jeff Hanneman. And September 14th, almost a year to the day later, like 11 months later, I saw him at Yankee Stadium for the Big Four, and it was Gary Holt. Crazy. So that was the show I saw them with with, uh, the original lineup. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, enough about my seeing Slayer. But so my point is like I don't I don't th- we got on a Jarrett Jeff Hanneman like tangent, but I think that my point I was trying to make is like well we were trying to start off on a positive note. Yeah, but I mean Hanneman, I don't think Car- you know Kerry King can say anything about Hanneman because I I think he knows like that's where the line is. You know what I mean? Like that it's like saying something bad about Dimebag. Well, it's it's like it's like I mean Mustaine's that way too. Yeah, he won't like, say anything bad about Cliff and ever. He, you know, and and it was funny. It was funny that, like, it, how how Mustaine went from like trashing Marty Friedman to going on to Marty Friedman's great, but he's not good for Megadeth, to totally softening his stance on 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 uh, Marty, and that's when he started smelling the oh, he probably wants to do something with Marty again. Well, the um, lot he lost his uh, lead guitar player, so I'm wondering if he's well, not trying to court Marty back. You know, he he um. The funny thing about Mustaine, we always say that that the worst guitar player Megadeth ever had is the last one. Yeah, except and for I don't Marty. Mean, no, what I mean is, well, no, I, whatever, no, because that's multiple guitar players ago. 
Well, the last even, guitar even after player, Marty left, I think you know Mustaine never trashed uh, Marty. I don't know. He was pretty bad for a while. He, he would say he would say he's better than Marty, but I don't know. But I, I don't. Yeah. Megadeth's, Megadeth's best guitar player is always the one he has, and the worst one's the one that just left. Yeah, I mean it, it's 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 K- just Kiko's going to suck from this point on. But yeah, so so yeah. the thing about the thing about Mustaine is look, and you could say Mustaine's an egomaniac as well, but you know at least Mustaine is somewhat founded in his ego. I'm sorry. And like, Mustaine and, is 100% his own band. Yeah. Must, and, I mean, in fairness, Megadeth was, it's a solo band. Even in the early, I mean, I'm not saying other guys didn't contribute, but in total fairness, it was Dave, it was an entire, it was the Dave show from day one. He was completely, in, he, he did everything for that band from day one. Agreed. The other members were in the band, but they were, I mean, <sighs> It's a, he basically always had hired guns. Well, Ellefson was an actual member because he founded it with Ellefson, but he was never like the driving force. Like he was always just kind of like another guy in Megadeth. And, you know, they were never I don't, I don't want to make this about Megadeth because we've done a lot of Megadeth. But, you know, I, 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 I get what you're saying here. Like Mustaine has, you know, Mustaine is also a very competent guitar player. Look. Kerry King, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, he's a terrible guitar player." You know, he he's he 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 wrote he wrote a lot of songs. He you know the difference the, is Slayer wouldn't have been Slayer if you took at least Tom out of the equation. If you took Tom and Hanneman out of the equation, well, if you actually, took Tom if you took, out of the, I would I, say if you took Tom out of the equation, it, it, it wouldn't have been Slayer. I'll, I'll be honest and, with you. And if you took Hanneman out of the equation, you would have deleted all of their best songs in the '80s. I I'll say this. I say out of all the members of Slayer and from a I'm not, I'm not talking from a business standpoint because Carrie is the Lars. Like Carrie King is the Lars Ulrich. Carrie King was the face. He likes doing the interviews. He uh he he was the business guy, he was the Im- you know, everything else like that. So and and Carrie King was like the driving force in the band. So like I'm not going to take anything away, but if you look at the band musically, like if they had a manager who who could step into that Carrie King role, Carrie King is the most expendable out of that whole band, in my opinion. Now, look, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm saying this from looking at just writing credits from, you know, from from contribution musically in terms of, like, how people regard him or how people regard the band. And, of course, the thing about Tom Araya is it's really hard to replace the voice of a band. I mean, well, Carrie's new project, it, even he, he basically told Mark Oswego, like, so he basically was like, sound like Tom. Yeah. I mean, I'll put it this way. It, it, it's it's more akin to like getting rid of KK Downing in, in Priest or something like that. Where like, yeah, dude, without KK Downing, it's not, it wouldn't have been what it was. But on the other hand, I'm simply saying that Kerry King was, he was a big part of the equation, but he was part of the equation. Whereas Dave, at any point in time in Dave, in Megadeth's career, any members of those band, any member of the band could have left. The next day, Megadeth would have picked up and moved on without a stutter step, because Dave Mustaine was the songwriter and played all the rhythm stuff and most of the solos and was the vocalist and was the face of the band. Like he played every role in that band except being the drummer. Basically, you know, it was just, it was a big lift. I mean, Megadeth is the only band of the big four 
that's essentially a solo project. You know, Metallica might be James and Lars. Anthrax might be Scott and Charlie. But Slayer was more than Carrie and more than Tom. It was Tom, Jeff, and Carrie. And even when even when Hanneman wasn't in a band, it couldn't have just been Carrie. It still had to be Carrie and Tom. If you don't believe me, that's that's why when Tom quit, there was no Slayer. That's well, I mean, that, that the fact at that leave. point it would have been Carrie would have been the only original member. I mean, well, well, that's the difference, though. Megadeth can go on being just Dave. Slayer couldn't. Well, the other thing, the other thing that drove me, if you look at the writing credits, and I'm serious, go look course, at the writing credits. Everybody always says, oh, Carrie King, Carrie King, Carrie King. I remember somebody telling me one time, Jeff Hanneman didn't do anything. He was just kind of there. He was the other guitar player. And I'm like, have you ever actually looked at the writing credits for the first, like, five Slayer albums? Like, Hanneman's all over them. Like, yeah, the later Slayer albums, King wrote a lot more songs, and it shows. Um, I mean, pretty much up through Seasons in the Abyss, it's Hanneman wrote. If you look at there, I honestly don't. Three quarters of every album. Oh, at least. I think there's, there's, there's actually a majority of those albums. You'll see one writing credit where it's just him. And I don't mean lyrics, because look, I'm sorry, Slayer has never been known for having the most masterful lyrics. I mean, I mean, I mean really and truthfully, a lot of the Carrie King songs are the ones that are just Satan, 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 Satan. It's like deicide. I hate God. God is dumb. God is stupid. I like Satan, 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 Satan. Like, because I mean, well, angel- look, look, take an easy answer, though. Look at Seasons of the Abyss. Look at the music in Seasons of the Abyss. Hanneman wrote War Ensemble, Blood Red, Spirit in Black, Dead Skin Mask, and Seasons in the Abyss by himself. Carrie King wrote Expendable Youth, Skeletons of Society, and Temptation. Think about that. If you go look at Rain and Blood, King wrote one song. He wrote Altar of Sacrifice. Everything else was Hanneman. And then even if you look at the... And again, I'm just using Seasons of the Abyss. Look at the lyrics. War Ensemble, Hanneman and Uriah. Blood Red, Araya. Expendable Youth, Araya. Dead Skin Mask, Araya. Hallowed Point, Araya and Hanneman. Seasons Abyss, Araya. The only ones King wrote by himself are Spirit and Black, Skeletons of Society, Temptation. You know what I mean? And the, like, thing, of, and the thing about it is, like, the you can't. Don't. Written by, were written musically by Hanneman and lyrically probably by Araya. And, and sure, sure. I will say, usually when you're the guy in the room who says, oh, no, no, play that twice. Instead of instead of three times or play that three times instead of once or oh yeah put this there and that they usually don't get writing credit because it's arranging it's not really writing so yeah it's very possible that Carrie King was the guy in there that said no no let's put this section there and that section there and that section there the only problem with that is though dude can you honestly see that happening without King giving himself credit for it and that's what I'm saying I was just about to say that the problem is I can't see that happening without Carrie King saying I want credits on this song why because that's what drives royalties yeah there's no way and and the thing is people always crap on the two oh well well Jeff Hanneman also wrote the entire Diabolus album look at the writing credits it's a 50 50 split and the songs that I think are actually decent on Diabolus, with one exception being Scrum, like, those are Hanneman's. <laughs> he wrote Bitter Peace, Death's Head, which are the only two songs I even remember being on there, and Scrum, which was which was King. I don't even like Scrum. I only remember it's there because you liked it. Yeah, it's, I it's, remember Bitter Peace and Death's Head, which they suck, but they suck less. Than, oh, and State, okay, no, 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 no. 
King wrote State of Mind. I remember that song. Now, he wrote a lot of Divine Intervention, too, but that's also a lot of Hammond. So, Divine Intervention was a 50 I mean, Divine Intervention, well. it's probably, I mean, you look at Divine Intervention, right? And you go like, you know, the title track, Divine Intervention, you know, Hanneman's hands on that because it's, you know, 213, you know, that's Hanneman. You know, it's Hanneman because like 213 and Divine Intervention, you know, those are songs that are like straight out of, you know, the the, the chord structures and stuff. It's South of Heaven. It's um, Dead Skin Mask. Um, is, uh, is it the title track that's just like those? Um Hold on, give me a second. I gotta, I gotta throw this on in my ears, but I don't know what uh, you're talking about. Hold on, hold on. Give me a second. I gotta figure out which one's which. Give me, let me, let me hear. Dead Skin Mask and South of Heaven are the two that sound like very much alike. Two thirteens in the same key, I believe. Um, I'm trying to think what. No, because Divine Adventures got it just it's it's still got that same feel like you can still feel it like you would you would those Hanneman songs. That's all I mean. It's just got it's got Hanneman all over it. But I mean, like you know, th that's what I mean. Like if you look at the songs, like when when and I know that there's people out there who are gonna say, well, I like all Carrie King songs better. That's fine. You're allowed to. I'm not saying that his songs are awful. I like a lot of Carrie King songs as well. My point is. The songs that really put Slayer on the map, like that really put Slayer into that category of of Megadeth and Metallica, they're Angel of Death, Rain, uh, uh, Raining Blood, well, South of Heaven, Dead Skin Mask. Like, you know, very few people are going to say, you know, I very few people are going to say, you know, I didn't really like Slayer until I heard Skeletons of Society. You know, I know a me, lot me, of people like that song. But at the same what? time, it's it's not one where you're sitting there going, I don't care what they play tonight as long as they play Skeletons of Society, man. Let me, yeah, let me add a little spin to this, though. I'm not even going to get into the argument about who wrote better songs, Hanneman or King, because, again, you know, <coughs> sorry, maybe, you know, come on. It's, um, it's an opinion. Why am I sneezing? I have no idea. It's probably all the toot and blow. I was, was going to say, you got to stop. You got to stop doing rails before the show. Um, <laughs> we're kidding. We're totally kidding. Yeah, totally kidding. But like, I'm not even going to get into the conversation exactly about who wrote what, who was better. Here's my issue. My issue is not that that Hanneman might have wrote the better stuff or blah, blah, blah. My issue is that Carrie wants to pretend like it was all just him. It's not, it's, it's not that, it's not that Hanneman wrote better stuff than him. It's that Carrie wants to pretend as if he was the only guy who ever contributed from day one. Well, it's not only that, but he wants to pretend like he was the backbone of the band and he, you know, this whole band wouldn't have existed. Like he, so in this interview, we'll go into, we'll go into more parts of this. He's like, well, I had to play all guitars, and then he gets all... The thing about it is, you have to understand, this whole interview from the start is set up with him completely taking a dump on Tom Araya and Dave Lombardo. Like I said, Jeff's safe because Jeff's dead, so he I don't think he really wants to take a dump on Jeff. And, and, uh, and of course, Paul is safe because Paul is like... Uh, look, Paul, want, Paul needs a job. 
let's be Dude, honest here. Paul needs a job. So Kerry King treats his ex bandmates like Vince McMahon treats his interns. I know. Dude, like takes a straight crap on their head. Like he literally is like, I haven't talked to Tom. He actually, and this is a direct quote. He says, I don't wish him dead at this time. Like, you, you can't say about Tom Morea, the guy who's been in a band with you for, like, 40 years. We haven't talked, but, you know, he's doing his thing, and I'm happy, you know, I'm glad for him being with his family. No, I don't wish him dead at this time. So he's, like, literally, like, I'd like to leave the door open for wishing him dead, but I'm really not ready to step through right now. You know, what well, the thing is, there are lots of bands that are not necessarily friends i you know what here's a well, great example he describes that though he says he goes would i hang out with tom no he goes he goes i like tequila and tom likes tequila would i do a shot with them or have a drink with them yeah he goes well, then we'd go our own ways because we really have nothing in common the funny thing is he said about you know jeff and i used to be close we were really the same person then as time went on that whole thing ended and by the end like we you know we didn't talk very much and then he says about tom you know, we didn't really hang out very much. We don't have much in common, so we didn't spend a lot of time together. Then he says about Dave there's Lombardo. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that much. Well, then he says. Then he says about Dave Lombardo. He said flat out, "I wish him. I wish he was dead, or he's dead to me. Sorry, he's dead to me." Look, I understand they had those financial problems and stuff like that. I understand they're not friends and stuff like that. But the thing about it is, like, again, you know, I don't know. The, the, it's find anybody else who says a bad word about Dave Lombardo. Well, the problem also is that, you know, he's he's literally like taking a like Tom Araya, like he got mad he's because Manning him. He got he got mad because Tom Araya said in an interview, he's like, I don't know, he's interviewing some kid, and he's like, you know, when the kid asked him like, what about the new Slayer album? He's like, he could he he said like, well, I'm gonna have to talk to Carrie before we talk about the future. He's like, he could have just said like, I'm not doing another album, and I'm like, what is wrong with that quote? I'm going to talk to, you know, Carrie and I have to figure out what's going on. Like, what's so wrong about that? It's a non-answer. It's a non-answer. It's a non-answer. That's what it's it's supposed to be. It actually leaves the door open for another album. He could have said, no, I'm not doing another one. Or, you know, but at that point, he was like, well, let's see what happens. And and from the sound of it, you see Carrie King talking about all of these people who's, well, I don't get along with that guy. Well, I don't don't hang out with that guy. That guy I got nothing in common with. I don't like that. The common thread here is Gary King. It seems to me well, that dude, people just want to get the hell away from the guy. You know, it's funny. Like, like about the not being friends thing. Like, here's something that I read that is really interesting. Penn and Teller are not friends. Did you know that? Like, Penn and Teller are not friends. I don't doubt that. They are business partners. And they're great business partners. They like each other. But they are two guys who work together. They're not friends. I don't mean they're not friendly, but they're not friends. They're not like like uh, let, let me let me let me give you an example. Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson are best friends. They will hang out for the rest of their lives and be goofy Canadians together with or without Rush. They'll just do, that's just them. They're best friends. They've been best friends since they were kids. Penn and Teller are not that way. I don't expect everybody to be that way. 
You know, there's plenty of bands who just because they work well together doesn't mean they're quote unquote friends. It and doesn't it may- mean they, you know, when they're not on tour, they want to go hang out with each other all the time. And, 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 and the thing about it is a lot of bands start off as friends and then as they get wives and girlfriends and kids and everything but, like Metallica is like that. But once I mean, Metallica had kids, they never hung out together off the road. But think about it, though. That's everybody. Like, yeah, imagine I mean, that's life. Everybody you were friends with in high school. Think of how many of them you you are still that close with. Or maybe you're still close, but think of how many of them you still, like, hang out with all the time. I mean, Rex and I, but we don't live together. We don't live in the same place either. Like, think of, I mean, like, if you started a band when you're a teenager, those are with your friends when you're in high school. When you're 60 years old, you're going to tell me that they're necessarily the same... you know, you, you might be a different, you know, one might be married with kids, one might not be. One might, you know, you just, you change as you get older. That, that's fine. I, again, I don't expect them to have to be best friends. And the fact that, you know, if the band breaks up and they're never, like, hanging out again, like, who cares? But there's a big difference between, no, you know, we're just not really friends anymore. And I'm going to Vince McMahon the guy. I'm going to take a dump on his head. Like, I he- just don't see... He said he hasn't exchanged a single text, and it's funny because like the way he, the way he comes off in this interview is super condescending. He's of like, course. he's he's like, I haven't heard a text or an email from Tom. He's like, if he texted me, I'd probably reply, but I don't wish him dead at this current time. Like, even if you don't like Tom Araya, yeah, and the, the way he described like him, he's like, he's like, I don't know, he quit Slayer because he wanted to spend more time with his family or something. Yeah, what a dick. Like. The guy's been on tour for 40 years. He wants to hang out with his kids. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, what don't you understand about that? Like, I, I I don't know. And the thing is, like, it's funny because I, I've always read that Tom was ready to be done when Jeff died. Like, I from what I've always read, Tom hinted at being done right after Jeff died. And he's like, you know, we're going to finish the tour with Gary. And then after that, we'll see what happens. And from from what it seemed like in the media, and a lot of people speculated that Kerry kind of twisted his arm and did like the whole like let's do one more for the road or something like that, and then that's when Repentless well, came out. And can we also remind ourselves? I rem- I will never forget something that Neil Peart said. The drummer has the hardest job in every band. The vocalist has the worst job in every band. Notice the guitar players have neither. What what Carrie needs to realize is Jeff was the vocalist. Tom. Sorry. It's Tom. I, sorry. You know what I mean? Tom was the vocalist. Touring is harder on a vocalist than it is on a guitar player. Well, when we saw him in Syracuse, his it voice was all screwed up. It is physically harder on a vocalist. Touring is harder on vocalists than it is on anybody else. Well, not only that, but the the vocal style that Tom does, he's not a trained vocalist. He just gets up there and goes, you know, like he's not like, he's not like out there like doing, you know, like the thing is too, like if, if you've got, if you've got a cold and you get up on stage and do a set with a cold and you're a guitar player, it kind of sucks. 
It's nothing like trying to do a cold when you're a vocal when when going on stage with a with a cold and you're vocalist. Like all Carrie King has to do is make sure he doesn't break his hand jerking off. Which I only say that because he has to remember he loves- to put on his giant chains. Because the it, with as much as Carrie King loves himself, he probably jerks off harder than. Dude, he's um, probably got a mirror in every room in his he house. Prob- full, he probably a jerks off in mirror of- in every room in his house. He probably jerks off more uh, uh, in front of a mirror, and he probably he probably beats himself harder than Dave Ellison does. Um, <laughs> you know, but like he he, I he probably he also beat- records it so he can watch it later. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't. The difference about between it. Dave Ellison is carrying Carrie King is Dave Ellison was sending it to someone else. Carrie King saves it so he can watch it later. You know, according to Carrie King, he did all the jerking off in that band. He's like the other guys. The other guys would go a week without, but Carrie made sure he did every day because you know, he's, he's dedicated. Point I'm, point I'm saying is a guitar player. What, what's he have to do? Make sure he doesn't break his hand. Tom, the entire time he's on tour, has to make sure he's taking care of his voice. And by the way, Tom also has to do what Carrie does. Now, you can say all day that Tom's not a great bass player, but guess what? He still has to get up and do it every night. Tom has a harder job. Tom has a worse job. Paul, the drummer, has the harder job in the band. It's just, especially in a band like that. But Tom's job sucks. Being a vocalist on tour is not an easy thing to do. It is, a, And it gets harder every, as he gets older. Every year Tom gets older, being the vocalist got harder on him. Carrie... Forget about the fact that Tom wants to see his family. Like, forget about that part. Touring is harder on him. There's no way it's not. And the thing about it is, like, James Hetfield changed his vocal style because of that. Yeah, like, he, that's started what, going, he, he got vocal He got vocal lessons. Completely changed how he does vocals. I mean, that's the thing. Like, James Carrie Hetfield. Can't, Carrie can't get up there and be like, angel of death, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, that's what I said. Tom can't go up there and be like, Auschwitz, the meaning of pain, the way that I want you to die. Yeah, yeah. Like, he can't, can't do that. Yeah, he can't do that. Like, he can't get up there and be like, raining blood, yeah, from a lacerated sky. Ooh. Like, he can't do that. Like, he, he's he got to do it. Like, Slayer is known for that kind of stuff. Like, you know, Mustaine was at least kind of smart in that when he started doing Megadeth, he didn't do a he did like a kind of in between a yell and a sing. So it's something that's sustainable. Like Tom was one of those guys who was an extreme vocalist. He got up there and did this. He did this. He did that. You know, so that's what people expect. They don't expect him to suddenly be like raining. He don't expect him to be like raining blood from a lacerated sky. You know, like that. That dude. People are gonna be like, dude, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Tom is sixty-two years old. Imagine being 62 years old and trying to go out on tour playing Slayer's music. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, dude, if you're going to spend your entire life in the public eye, make a bunch of money, wouldn't you want to retire by 62? Look how many people yeah, I mean, that still make got money. some time left to enjoy it. Look how many people make good money and retire in their 40s. Like, well, according to Kerry, they never made Metallica money. Well, and who he, cares? No, no, yeah, okay, no, because James Hetfield's worth like half a billion dollars. That's not what I mean. Tom Araya made more money than most people do, and he made more money than a lot of people who retire in their forties. Yep, he could. He he's gonna live comfortably for the rest of his life. Let's be fair. He's probably not. No, he's not a billionaire, but he's not poor either guarantee you he's not poor 
you know, and they made good money on their last tour. The man deserves to retire. Well, I posted that. And and again, go off and do your own thing. One of those metal hammer thing, you know, and like, this is the thing I said. On one of these, I, I used our show account and I commented. I said, let's see. Tom Araya had a successful career. He's in a legendary band. Like, he's in a cornerstone band of thrash, of metal in general. One of the most influential bands of all time. And he's now, like, hanging out with his kids and, like, enjoying a quiet life and taking his time off and just walking away from the public light. And just wherever he's living right now, he's just chilling out living. Dave Lombardo is still a highly in-demand drummer who's constantly touring, constantly doing shows. And again, he's was in one of the most influential bands of all time, at least in heavy metal. And again, like if, if Dave Lombardo was such an asshat to work for, I don't think he'd continuously keep getting work. Now, I don't I've never worked with him. Maybe he's just that good that people say, well, it's Dave Lombardo. I'll deal with the BS. But on the other hand, he works with like everyone. Like he's worked with the Misfits. He's and trust me, if you can deal with Danzig and Doyle, you're probably not that big of a jerk because like dealing with those two, um, you know, he's he's played with Mr. Bungle. You know, he's played with Testament. He's played so there. I mean, like I mean, there's, the, the difference is Kerry King has done guest spots. Yeah, Dave so, Lombardo has joined bands. Yeah, he's been and he he's. And, and he's joined bands for long terms. And usually when he leaves, the bands and him agrees it's mutual. It's not like we kicked out Dave Lombardo because we can't stand him or Dave Lombardo no quits because of X. Carrie. Well, so my point is, and I was like, so Dave Lombardo, he's got a successful career still going, still in demand. Like a lot of people, like, every, you know, he's got no shortage of jobs. It's not like he's sitting there putting out his resume, hoping somebody picks him up. He's probably got like three or four gigs like he can't take because he's just busy. Kerry King, on the other hand, has sat there for the past four years, bitter. And the thing he comes to the table with is a bunch of songs he literally said he wrote four years ago, or at least a handful of songs he wrote four years ago. And it's the same crap he's been playing for 40 years. Look, somebody replied back like, Oh, well, what'd you think he was going to do? Start writing ballads and country? No, my point of that is not it's the same music he's been playing for 40 years. Look, I'm writing new music too. It sounds a lot like the stuff I used to write in our band 20 years ago. It's not exact, but it sounds a lot like it. you, You have a style. I get it. My point is it's taken him four years and he's like, oh, it was record labels and delays and this and that and this and that. But I'm like, it sounds to me like he doesn't even have the album done yet. So it's taken him four years to put together this album that is song that is like songs he says he said he already had written and in a style he's been doing for 40 years. And then he just sits there and complains that it's not Slayer releasing the album. And the, the funniest thing in the world is when he's like, you know, I'm not a vain person. I didn't want to name the band after me, but the logo is just too cool. And I'm like, get out of here. You wanted it from the from day one. You wanted your name on that band. <laughs> well, like, and let, you know, let, let's go, let's go. Here's my favorite part of it. He tar- he talks about Mark, right? The singer from Death Angel. Look, Death Angel's been around since the '80s. In the early days, Death Death Angel were really young. 
They were a bunch of people. They were all related. In the early days, they were all related. And they were kids. I mean, their drummer was like 13 when they were put. When Act 3 came out, he was like 15. I mean, we're talking, they were a bunch of kids. They were great. The first three Death Angel albums were great. I want to say it's only it's only two of them that are left now. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I've seen Death Angel live. Mark is a killer singer. He's a great vocalist. And Carrie was talking about how, you know, he heard Mark do the vocals and he's like, "Wow, are you sure you can do- I don't want you screwing your voice up. Are you sure you can do that?" Like, "Okay, that's all cool." But then Carrie's like, "Well, yeah, but I wanted to wait just to make sure, like, I mean, I didn't want to say Mark was our singer as long as, like, someone else came around and wanted to do it. It's like, you've got this guy who did a a great job of doing, essentially trying to do Tom Arias-type stuff. What a coincidence, because Kerry King spent his entire career trying to pretend he was Jeff Hanneman. (laughs) But the best part is... I'm just kidding. you, You waited three, you waited four years to be able to put this out. And you didn't want to you didn't want to commit to a singer just in case Rob Halford said he wanted to do it. And not only that not only did Rob Halford said he wanted to do it, that Rob Halford would ask him to do it. Like, well, but what a jerk I mean, even forget about Rob Halford, like, what a jerk off. Like you get a vocalist who, let's be fair, is really good. And you're like, Yeah, man, you're doing a great job of vocals, but I want to wait a couple years just to see if anybody better comes along. You know what I mean? Like, what a dick. What a complete dick. And then he's like, well, yeah, I did vocals myself, you know. I've got conviction. Unlike he's like, Tom. but I don't have pipes. Unlike Tom. He's like, Tom can scream. I'll never. I love that. He's like, Tom can scream. I'll never take that away from him. I mean, a lot of times he wasn't very good, but. Ever notice that? He's like, well, I mean, there were, there were plenty of times he really didn't have any conviction. Yeah, well, that, that's the other thing he said. He's like, he's like, yeah, because, you know. It took it, the funniest thing in the entire article. He's like, we we like we did. I think it was. I don't want to say it was repentless. It was. We did. God hates us all in like in like in like a week and a half or something like that. And then he Tom took played, three months on vocals. Remember when he said he played eighteen solos in one day? That's what I was laughing at. He's like, yeah, I played eighteen solos in one day. I'm like, dude, if I was going, I could do 18 solos. He goes, I went back and touched a few up, but most of them were good out of the box. And I'm like, dude, a Carrie King solo is literally just find a note, wiggle your whammy bar, like, you know, you're jerking off, and then find another note and do the same thing, and then just go out of key, go, you're like, wow. Pick whatever got, random frets you possibly can find. Just make sure it's out of key and go. It's like, it's like, well, dude, you have 10 songs on the album. They're all the same tempo and they're all in the same key. I wonder if you have a problem writing some solos to them. You know what I mean? It's like, well, but it's like I said, and and it's not like it's all. Does you think it really matters if they're all in the same key to him? <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, and, and even still, though, it's like, do you think Kerry composed a solo in his life? I mean, dude, there's plenty of guitar players that don't compose solos. Dave, um, um, Dave Murray does not compose solos. Like, I, by the way, little side note: it's, it's a fun thing about about uh, um, but I, I don't know about Yannick, but I, a fun thing about Iron Maiden was that Adrian Smith writes all of his guitar solos. Like, he spends time and composes them and writes them and maps maps them out, and Dave Murray just plays them on the spot. Like Dave Murray solos in the studio are just what he thinks, what he plays on the spot, and it's cool because they're 
both incredible soloists, just the, the drastic difference in how they go about it. Carrie King just goes, wee, wee, wah, wah. the only guitar solo we probably ever wrote was the one in War Ensemble. And that's the worst guitar solo ever recorded. Look, I'll put it this way. If you had to ask me what are the two worst guitar solos I've ever heard in my entire life, that guitar solo was number two. The only guitar solo ever written worse than War Ensemble is killing is the Rage Against the Machine song Killing in the Name of. That is the worst guitar solo ever recorded. I'm sorry. The only one worse than Carrie King. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the song. It's more irritating than War Ensemble. It's that bad, dude. It's so bad. Um, by the way, did you know... Um, did you know he went to Harvard? If he didn't, he'll tell you. Um, oh, Tom Tom Morello, yeah. He, Tom Morello, I hate that guy. Sorry. Did you know he went to Harvard? Yeah. Uh, he's like the most overrated, in my opinion, guitar player ever. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, sorry, they're the worst. Um, but, yeah, I mean, seriously, I just, it, it's so funny to me. Like, I, I read... And, and 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 by the way, this isn't like new. This isn't new. This isn't all of a sudden Carrie King. It's not as if it's like Rolling Stone uncovered the truth that Carrie King is a douche. He's been this way for decades. I remember it was like, what the hell was that like festival that they put on that they toured with? Some big lineup with a ton of bands. Let me see if I can figure this out. Um, what was the, huh, wasn't their farewell tour, it was like 15 years ago, um, let me see if I can figure this out, they did this tour, was it the, I don't remember man. They did this tour. Actually, let me let me keep trying. I'll figure this out. Um, twenty fifteen. No, that wasn't that. Twenty fifteen Mayhem Festival. Was it this one? Yeah. Okay. Here's a tour. It was the Mayhem Festival. They did it with. I gotta figure out who was on it. Hold on. They did it with Mayhem Fest 2015. It was Slayer, King Diamond, Hell Yeah, The Devil Wears Prada, and a whole ton of other bands. Whitechapel, Thy Art is Murder, Jungle Rot, a whole bunch of bands. And I remember King Diamond, I remember King Diamond was on it. I remember Kerry King bitching about how like no other band on the tour was any good. And I was like, dude, King Diamond's on that tour. Oops. Shut your mouth. Dude, you're a huge King Diamond fan. Shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. The thing about Kerry King was, he probably didn't even know who was on tour. He just assumed they sucked. You know, the guy The guy is, the guy, seriously, I don't understand how anybody could be in love with themselves that much. And, and, and just, he takes, it's, the fact that he tries to take credit for everything, I think is worse than anything else. And the thing is, he takes—he not only tries to take credit for everything, 
like while he's doing it, he like craps on the people that contributed. Like I would love for him to say to me, "Yeah, I played all the guitar parts and all the bass parts on all the albums." I'd be like, "Really? Well, how long did it take you to learn all Jeff's music?" <laughs> Just to see. You know, did you ever notice? Like every other metal musician is like, dude, I'm hanging out with Carrie King and takes a picture with him. You ever notice none of them are like? Have you ever noticed no other metal musician refers to themselves as a, as Carrie King's friend? Yeah, I guarantee he has none. I mean, Tom Morea might not have loads of friends because he's just like he doesn't. He's just like, dude, I kind of just. Want to go be a granddad or whatever the hell he wants to do. <laughs> but people like Tom. People people didn't hang out with Jeff either because he literally was a hermit. But he still had friends. Like, people still like, I like Jeff, you know? It's just funny, dude. It's seriously it funny. It is funny. Dude. It's funny. I, I don't even know... Um, I don't know, man. It, it's just... It, it drives me... It all just drives me nuts. It all just drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, we could go on and on about Kerry King because, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, this whole interview just reeks of bitterness. It, re it reeks of douchebaggery. It bitterness, ego, and douchebaggery. And look, I know we normally on this show we don't we don't sit here and criticize. And I know there's a lot of listeners right now who are, cl you know, clutching their pearls that we're speaking ill of Kerry King. But dude, you know what though? Can I say this? What? I don't think anybody who listens to our show does. Honestly, I I don't think our sh I don't think the listeners of this show are are the the ones who are going to bitch that we're making fun of Carrie King. I don't think they're the type I, I, honestly, I think the people that listen to this show and his stupid I, tattoos. I'm not saying that they're they agree with us on every point. But our listeners make fun of Carrie King's stupid tattoos. I highly doubt our listeners are going to be like, I can't believe you said Carrie was a douche. Well, the you thing know? is, and, and, and I love this quote here. Dude, I found you can too. like him all you want. You can like his music all you want to. He's a douche. I love this quote here about Tom Maria. He did not want fame. I tolerate fame. Someone's got to be that guy. Dude, he is the biggest. Dude, the only bigger fame whore out of the big four that. Is probably Scotty in it. That's about it. Yeah, but Scotty in's a whore because he's desperate. Well, Scotty, like, and the thing is, I like, dude. I'm not even like. Actually, in fairness, he's le he's he's less of a whore. He is less of a whore now that Anthrax is like making money again. Well, he, and the I thing mean, is, yeah, like, he whores he he whores himself for like for um for equipment. But dude, back when Anthrax was not making any money and he was doing every and he did every VH1 special <laughs> and he was on everything MTV did for a few years. Well, and by the That's way, when I say like, that about when I say that the, about the number of people that are like I really like Anthrax's singer with the beard, I was like, yeah, okay. And the thing is, I was going to say like I'm not crapping on Tom or sorry, not Tom. I'm not crapping on Scott when I say that. Like I've said no, since he, day I mean, one, whatever like, he had a position you know, to make money by showing up. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Like the thing is, Scott's cool about it. Like Scott doesn't go on all these, doesn't go out there and then be like, "This guy sucks and that guy sucks and this guy sucks." Can and you imagine? I mean, this Scott guy's not as cool as me. And, well, he he like Scott literally like gets up there and talks about how big of a fan he is of things and how much he loves stuff and how much you know. 
Carrie goes out there and says, "Yeah, this guy sucks, and they're not as good as me, and this isn't as good as my band, and you know, they're 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 crappy, and you know, like that's that's." There's how a big difference between saying you personally don't like someone, you had a bad experience with someone, someone rubbed you the wrong way, someone's a dick to you. Like, I don't have any problem with that at all. I'm not saying you Dude. have to just be like pretend everybody is great. Dude, Scott even says that about Sam Kinison. Like he, and he even he told a story about Sam Kinison where him and Charlie were outside of Dangerfields in Times Square, and is this was an? Did you, I forget. Did you read Char, uh, no, Scott's books? I have not no, for no reason. I just haven't yet. You got it. I mean, I'm telling you, you got you would love his books. I know cover I would. to cover. I, just, um, I read. I, I I I try to read, and I've got so many. You'll things finish him up. in a weekend, dude. Um, I know. Like I have never laughed out loud reading a book more than I did with Scott's book. But so I guess so I'll tell the story. I don't know if I've ever told it on the show. And obviously it's not my story, so I'm, you know, <laughs> I wish it was my story. So I guess he was out he was walking out of date or he was walking past danger fields and Sam Kinison was sitting like was just standing there or something like that. He walks up to Sam Kinison and he goes, Oh my god, you know, Sam Kinison, I'm a big fan of yours, like, you know, can I take a picture with you? And I guess Sam was like in the process of waiting for this girl and he was getting in the car. He goes, he goes, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go home with this girl and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to edit this. Cause you know what Sam would have said. I'm going to go home with this girl and, uh, screw her. And, uh, you know, that, that's it. And Scott's like, well, can we just please get a picture? I, Sam walks over to Scott, gets in his face and yells, I'm going to go home with this girl and screw her. And then he goes, yeah, but you guys can wait, and I'll be right back. I swear I'll be right back, and we'll take a picture. And he gets in the car, and Scott's like, Scott's like, uh, okay. He goes, I don't know if he was actually serious about waiting, but we didn't wait. He goes, but, you know, whatever. Sam's still cool. I still think he's funny. Like, I mean, even after a story like that where a guy totally, like, blew him off and totally was like, you know... I mean, I don't... Whatever. You know, I'm not going to say he was a jerk to him, because it's not like Sam Kinison's ever... It's not like he was required to well, take a photo let's be with her. It was in character. Well, but I'm saying, like, you know, I mean, that was I, that was that was in character and, for and Sam. Tr- I and mean. truthfully, you know, Scott Ian's probably thinking to himself, "Dude, dude, Sam Kinison just yelled at me because that's the kind of guy he was." You know, like he'd be like, "Like, if Sam Kinison got in my face and called me names, I'd be like, dude, Sam Kinison just insulted me.'" Dude, dude yeah, Scott Ian <laughs> like, would have said two things. He's like, he would be like, number one, how awesome was that? Sam Kinison yelled at me, and number two, he'd be like, "I wish it wasn't an anthrax because." Maybe I could get some too. <laughs> well, that, well, but so, he, but he still Back said, like, days. he still said, whatever. I still think Sam is funny. Like, he didn't be, he wasn't like, you know, and then this guy's a total jerk and he blew me off and he has no idea who I am and blah, blah. So, even when he had a bad experience with somebody, he totally was still like, whatever, you know, the guys, I still think Dude, he's funny. Dude, if that funny. was Bon Jovi, Sam would have been like, I'm trying to get laid. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously. And, well, my, my favorite Scott story, though, is still. He go, when he's talking about the strip clubs, he goes, he, when he was like, you know, when we left strip clubs, we, we weren't Motley Crue. We were Anthrax, so we weren't leaving with strippers. We were just leaving with boners. <laughs> we were leaving with empty wallets and boners. Yeah. That was the best. We were leaving with empty wallets and boners. <laughs> that was, seriously, uh, if, you, if, if everybody listening to the show has not read both of Scott's books, Well, yeah, that, that story was not in his book, but yeah. No, that, that was the VH1. That was a VH1 yeah. thing, but like either way like scott's i i i don't often like when i'm reading i have a i have a very defined internal monologue so even when i think something is hilarious i tend to like laugh inside like as i'm reading 
Scott's books actually at many times got me to literally laugh out loud while I was reading them. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if you ever get a chance to read Scott's books, you know, anybody listening to this, read them. They're, they're very well done. Um, but, uh, so, uh, anyway, so again, but you know, it's just, I, I don't, I don't get this whole, like, I have to trash well, everybody I, I, and be too, know, that's the thing. Carrie, that's what you saw up, Carrie. He thinks he's too cool for school. You know me though. Like I, I just, I hate self-important douchebags. Well, and I, mean, it, I hate, I, it's the same reason I don't like Eddie Trunk. Eddie Trunk might be a nice person, but he's a total douche from his position as the biggest name in rock and heavy metal in his own opinion. Like, like I'm I'm convinced that if you met Kerry not you or anybody met Kerry King, if you like, you know, kissed his ass, he'd be like the coolest dude ever. But if you said something like, "Oh yeah, you know, I really miss Jeff and I really wish Jeff was he he immediately would turn sour and and blow you off. He wouldn't he wouldn't be like one of those guys who's like, "Yeah, Jeff was a great guy." He'd be like, "Oh yeah." Uh, and next, you know what I mean? Just like get a shirt that said Jeff wrote them all. Yeah, wrote them all. I like, mean, you know that Dave, you know the the, yeah, the, the Mustaine wrote them all. Like, yeah, Mustaine wrote them all. Yeah, wrote wrote in blood. Jeff Hanneman wrote in blood. Or, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. It's so funny. You know, like, oh man. I mean, I don't know. But so I, I don't know. And Jeff Jeff Hanneman was a good. You know, it's like in the, in the world of sex, Jeff Hanneman was Jeff Hanneman's writing was the equivalent of a good lay, and uh, Carrie King's writing was the equivalent of a rim job. <laughs> and, le- and, le- and much like Carrie King's songs, I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, <laughs> that's my point. That's my point. It's, it probably doesn't. It's it's probably not very good, but I guess, someone's I don't know, into it. I guess maybe if you're into that sort of thing. I just really, Someone's I just into it, I guess. You know what? In fairness, I don't think I've ever said the term rim job on this show before. So I'm actually I'm positive I've never said the word rim, the term rim job on this show before. And I don't I'm know why. I'm pretty sure I've never said boner, but. No, you've said boner because we, we've told that story before. Oh, okay. But I've never said rim job. Um, because I actually don't think, I, I don't think I've said that term in any capacity in, in many, many years. But I watch film. You guys know I watch porn when I when I record this show. I watch <laughs> Menza films. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I saw. So, actually, I didn't. Okay, so let's be fair. I did not see the act of a rim job. I saw the I saw the phrase come up in the title of something, and I was like, "Rim job." Whoa, Carrie King's like a rim job. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Sounds like the kind of guy who would lick an ass. I don't know. <laughs> I'm drinking. Just deal with it, folks. I don't know, man. <sighs> I, I I've actually been sober on the show for a long time. Like I, it, it's very rare. It's really very rare. I drink on the show anymore. Um, not for any reason. I just I don't often drink on the show anymore. But man, who? Yeah, it's one of the we <laughs> we got all kinds of beer. <laughs> We're all woohoo! And, you know, it's just <laughs> you guys are crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have escaped them. Um, no, I mean, like I said, I, I like we we normally don't like it. We normally don't criticize people on the show. Um, we Except normally for King. well, but the thing is, like in this case, I, I just I, I can't sit here and like listen to like, watch this dude like totally take a dump. 
on on his legacy or you know it is his legacy but also tom's legacy jeff's legacy and sit there and and act like it was i mean he he sits there and he acts like it was all him and and admittedly his his the credits on the album show differently like you know actually can i say this what i don't care if what he i don't care if 90 percent of what he's saying is true it doesn't mean he needs to say it yeah i mean like he's being a douche if he was like if he was like you know most people don't know like i played the bass on those records I wouldn't even have a problem with it if he, you yeah. know what I mean. If he, but he says if he was more. If he was more, just like, you know, you probably. I, I played bass on those records. Like I can play bass. Like it's one thing. Instead of him, he's like, ah, oh, Tom is. I'm gonna Vince McMahon on Tom. He sucks. Well, he was like, he was like, well, I had to play bass on those records because you know my man wouldn't do it, or my man wasn't into that, or something like that. I forget the. But I'm like, like. Well, then he was like, I played 18 solos in a day. It took Tom three months to do vocals. Hey, guess what? Because doing vocals isn't easy. Doing vocals isn't easy. You need to rest. And not only that, but your solos are just... Like, I get it, that's your style, and I get it, that's part of your shtick. And I'm not saying, like, you, you shouldn't or shouldn't do it or should stop or, you know, it's not what people love about, what you know, whatever. But it's like... It's not something you spend three months on. Yeah, don't don't sit there and act like you, you know you sit there and agonized over every note. It's I not mean, it's not like Kirk Hammett and the Unforgiven solo. Yeah, where he agonized over that solo, and he turned out an amazing guitar solo. Do people can say whatever they want about Kirk Hammett? The solo to Unforgiven is guitar solo. It's a masterclass in, in guitar solos, and it's not all it's not all like. Wah pedal either the guitar solo in it dude i don't care who you are listen to the guitar solo in the unforgiven it's an amazing solo kirk killed himself over that solo he was going through a divorce he was he was having a rough time in his life and he couldn't do it and he finally nailed that solo and was like wow dude that's not carrie look and again in carrie's own defense and you kind of said this too that's what makes slayer slayer Slayer's not if Slayer started right, composing melodic solos it wouldn't be Slayer. It wouldn't fit, it would make no sense. Slayer's supposed to have a bit of chaos to it. Those solos are meant to be just in your face notes and noise. There's nothing wrong with that. But they're also not things that you're going to spend 3 months on. Can you imagine Rick Rubin being like, we're going to spend the next three months on you going, I mean, okay, admittedly, it's probably hard to do a guitar solo while you're also jerking off into a mirror. Like, just to go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, hold on, wait, get us out. Is he like, is, is, is like Kerry King looking at a mirror and edging, and when he gets right there, then he plays a solo, then he goes back and he blows it? Like, is that what he does? I'm Depends how many mirrors serious. are in the room. He's he's probably got a hall of mirrors with a very sticky floor. Because like 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 you know it's like that old story of like of like Jim Morrison getting a Hummer while he was doing vocals. You know, <laughs> he he had a woman bouncing on him when he was doing vocals. Carrie King, he, the problem with Carrie King is here's the difference. Jim Morrison is in the studio doing vocals and he's got a bird bouncing on his balls. You know what I mean? Like he's getting. Uh, he, he's getting it. 
Carrie King would be in the would be in the studio about to do a guitar solo, and some woman walks in, tongue out, saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce on you." He was like, "No, you're not good enough." Uh, All he would do was bitch. She wasn't good. You know what? You know what he would say. You know what Carrie King would say. This is exactly what would happen. Carrie King is in the studio. A woman with a a a hot woman would walk in and be like, "Hey, Carrie, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna bounce on it. I'm gonna give you a hummer right now." You know what he would say? I'll do this myself. <laughs> like he'd someone be like, else he'd be like, we know. He'd be like, here, here, can you put this on? And it would be a Carrie King mask. <laughs> like someone else we know, he would say, don't worry. Look, look, I'll just finish this myself. Like the one time what Vinny said to somebody. Yep, he did. <laughs> he said, just stop. I'll do it myself. Just stop. I'll do this myself. It, it was a I total. Mean, fa- it was a total. Fairness, Thanos he referred moment. to that as a cheat. In fairness, he referred to her as a cheese grater, but still. It was a total Thanos moment. Fine. I'll do it myself. <laughs> but that, that's what Carrie says to every woman he has. He, he tries to get, he tries to lay. You know, here, he's, can like, you, he's like, here, can you put the, can you put this on? It's Carrie King. Man. <laughs> here. Is, though, Carrie King's the kind of guy who would get 12 and a half pumps in and be like, I'll do this myself. <laughs> you know what? I'm better. I'm, I'm better at this. Actually, no, no, no. He would hump her all night. But in an interview the next day, he'd be like, yeah, I got 12 and a half pumps in, but I told her I'd do it myself because she wasn't any good. <laughs> I, you know, I had, you know, I had to, I have to finish myself every time I'm with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I carry King really yeah, both times I was with a woman. I had to finish it myself. I looked in the mirror and said, you want to finish her off? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if when he looks, I wonder if Carrie, when Carrie King is jerking off in a mirror, I wonder if, if he avoids looking at his stupid tattoos, or if that's really what gets him. There. No, man, that's what gets him there, man. Do you think? I mean, do you do you think? This is a question for our listeners. Do you think when Carrie King is 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 pulling a Dave Ellison, right? He's he's really just beating it. Do you think? Do, do you does he have to look at his tattoos before he blows it? He's like, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Oh my tattoos! Like. <laughs> is that what he does? Whoa, tribal tattoos. Oh, baby. <laughs> That's why there's so many mirrors in his house so he can see the ones on the back of his head as well. <laughs> oh, next question. Do you think do you think Kerry King has a really bad tribal tattoo on his clearly tiny pecker? <laughs> well, first of all, he's like two foot three. Like he's a you know what I mean? He's like he's like Dink. You know what I mean? Like like there was Doink the Clown and then it was Dink. He's like one of them. Um, <laughs> oh god! I want to stop making fun of Vinny's Pecker and just assume the same stories about Carrie. King. <laughs> Like there is, there is no way that guy. There, he has, he has to be. He has to be a lot of people. So I got to be honest with you. So, dude, if he's not compensating for pecker length, I don't know what's up with that. guy. I'm not a terribly big social media user anymore. Like I try to cut back as much as I can. Um, But I will say this: you know, I've been watching the comments on these on these articles, and there's two very distinct audiences here the first are somebody who will just pecker ride you know carrie king like carrie king could literally take a dump on them and they'd say thank you sir can i have another um and then there's people who i think are finally like dude we get it you're a one-trick pony you've released you know you 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 you're doing the same thing you've always done and a lot of people are like it's cool but 
I've heard it before. Like, how many times are you know you're not ACDC? You can't you can't pull it off. You know, like I don't. I don't and there's a lot of people who are honestly like who read this article. And and the funny thing is, he's trying to generate press for himself. I think by saying a lot of this stuff. I really truthfully think that a lot of this stuff he's not saying because it's something he needs to get off his chest. It's something no, he's, he's, he's putting out off. there. He's put he's putting it out there so he can get press. Because I mean, we're doing hat like most of a show on him because he's saying this crap. And I and and I really think that a lot of people are like getting pissed off. I think it's backfiring on him because a lot of people are like, dude, you're like taking a crap on two people. Who gave you? Who helped give you a career? Now they didn't do it. They didn't give him a career, but like you said before, if you were to remove any of them from the equation, would Kerry King even be anybody? Like he wouldn't have gone out there and done it himself. The writing credits show otherwise. There would be no Angel of Death. There'd be no Raining well, Blood. There'd be no, you know, there there'd be no uh, uh, Hello Waits. There and he wrote some of that song. There there'd be no South of Heaven. There'd be no Dead Skin Mask. Like all these songs. That are like, and, and I hate to say the hits because it's really not the hits, but all these songs that people, you know, hold in such high regard in terms of being like cornerstone songs of like thrash and and eventually death metal, you know, a lot of them are Jeff Hanneman. So it's like, would there would anybody give a crap who Kerry King was, or would or if there was no Jeff Hanneman and no Tom Tom Rea and no Dave Lombardo, would he be just another one of those thrash bands that happened to be in the eighties? And it would be different if it was like, again, use Megadeth as an example. Megadeth, Dave Mustaine needed some of those guys to help him get the band launched. But after that, it was kind of like, but no, Tom needed the, or, or Kerry needed those guys for, he needed Tom up till the very end. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, he, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. How long with this new band? Or however many people stay and go. I mean, he'll keep Paul. How many? When with his Carrie King solo band does he do his first tour where they do a Slayer album in its entirety? Does he wait until 2026? Does he wait until 2026 when he's like, this is the 40 year anniversary of Rain and Blood? And he, because, you know, like Phil and Selma and the Illegals, remember when they did that? Mm -hmm. They did, I mean, they did the, 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 the Pantera tour. When well, when does when does Kerry King do the like does he does he do in 2026 does Kerry King's band do a Rain and Blood tour where he plays that whole album? So, I'm willing to guarantee he does. I I think it's not that far away because he even said because the biggest thing was before uh but you know before I mean, right now he's gonna have to make half the set Slayer songs. At least well, before. Well, I don't, he says he has thirteen songs, um, so yeah, I don't. I don't mean he could probably just gonna, play the album. If, well, if he plays that, if he plays thirteen of his original songs on tour, no one's gonna give a damn. He has to make half that set Slayer songs. I mean, dude, look at Ozzy. How many years did Ozzy tour and have to make half his set Black Sabbath? Gary King is not Ozzy. Well, what I was gonna say though, I'm was, just saying, um, like half his set is gonna have to be Slayer. What I was but gonna when say does though, he was do that, an entire Slayer set. You know, before, um, before, before he has the vocalist, he before he has the current vocalist, he, you know, the big rumor was that Phil Anselmo was gonna do vocals, and he said in the interview, he's like, you know, 
thinking about it, Phil logistically made sense. He goes, why? And we'll, we'll get to this part in a minute. Why? He goes, because we'd immediately be in arenas. He'd go, we'd be doing Slayer songs, we'd be doing Pantera songs, and then we'd be doing our songs. Um, he'd go, but it would be really I'm, cool. I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't picture Kerry King playing Dimebag stuff. Oh, yeah. He was asked if he was going to be the guitar player in Pantera. He's like, I can't confirm or deny. Oh, yeah. They, like, they asked him, do you want to play on the Pantera? Well, I can't confirm or deny. Dude, they I, actually probably did. They probably did talk to him. But he couldn't. He, he, you're and then they me probably that realized can play you can't play any of this because okay. all of the solos aren't. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Dude, I'm not trying to say Kerry's not a competent guitar player because he is. Clearly, he is. Zach Wild, look, no one's going to sound exactly like Dime. Zach's going to sound like Zach. Any, any established guitar player, it, unless Pantera gets a no-name uh, Pantera clone or Dimebag clone, any guitar player he hi- they hire who is a guitar player with a name is going to sound in a lot of ways like themselves. Zach Wild is always going to sound like Zach, but dude... Zach Wild does everything in his power to play Pantera the way Dime played it. Charlie plays Vinny to his best ability the way Vinny would play it. And Zach plays Dime the way Dime played it and sounds as much like Dime as he could. You're going to tell me that Kerry King is going to play those solos like that? Come on, dude. No, that's the thing. I would love to see it. Kerry, prove me wrong. I mean, like I said to you before, Kerry can't even play his own stuff, let alone dime bags. <laughs> I just, I just don't get. I'm not saying they didn't talk to him about it because they probably did. Because Kerry's one of those guys that would have been that they would have wanted that dime would have wanted. But he's not going to do it, dude. No, I mean it's not his style, and that, that's the thing. Like, look, all. all I mean, they could call All Andy crap LaRoque aside, or something. Who could? I mean, Andy LaRoque could probably play Dimebag in his sleep. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like all crap aside, like all person, like all feelings I have about like Kerry King as a human being or whatever, like that. Especially after reading this article. Look, I mean, I, I, I just it's not his style. Like you don't take a thrash guy and say, "Hey, we've got this great like new metal cover band we want to start." No, like. Could they do it? Yes. Would it would it be like awkward? Probably. You know, you wouldn't put Dimebag in Slayer. Could he play it? Yeah. Would he sound right playing it? No. You know what I mean? Like he could play it and he could probably do it note for note. Which is but why Gary just, Holt made sense. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like but at the same time, like you'd be saying that's Dimebag playing Slayer. It's not Slayer. Like you would say that's Carrie King playing Dimebag stuff. And it's just so outside of what he's known for. And Gary Holt didn't play Jeff Hanneman's solos note for note. He didn't no, play Hanneman's solos at all. He He's like, I kept the parts of the songs that were like, those are the parts you have to really keep. But the rest, he just did his own thing. And, and the but thing, it was Slayer. And, and Zach? Zach Slayer still sounds memorable solos like Dimebag did. Well, that's the thing. That's exactly it. Like, dude, Kerry King get up there, and if he hits a wrong note in a solo, nobody's going to be like, dude, he hit a wrong note. Dimebag solos... They're so meticulously crafted that you will notice. 
if you're at a key or if you like screw up, people are going to say like, I heard that. Why? Because Dimebag was much like Randy Rhodes and that Dime solos were little compositions. Like that's what I always say about Randy Rhodes. Well, dude, he was into Randy Rhodes. I mean, dude, say what you want about him at, from a technical perspective, but so was Ace Freely that way. Dude, if you play Ace Freely solos and you don't play them right, and you, you know what I mean? Like his solos were all memorable. Every solo Ace Freely played with Kiss, you hear it and you remember what it sounds like, and you want it played that way. That's the thing. Like if you play, if you cover Are you a Slayer tell me song, you really remember what all those Jeff Hanneman solos were. If you cover a there's Slayer one, song, if you get it in the Slayer ballpark, solo. if you get in the ballpark, and as long as you pull on your whammy bar a lot, people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's a Slayer solo." You can't. There's play. only one Slayer solo I remember, and it's the really bad one from War Ensemble. But even that, most of that is just the tapping, the the tapping in the beginning of the solo on the low E, like the yeah, like that part. After that, but then again, it's just then that's all it is. So, but like, but like, if you listen to a Dimebag solo, it's a composition. Like it, it actually has like a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it has memorable parts like you can hum a dime bag solo well, you're not going to sit there and hum a slayer solo pantera was melodic and the, their heaviest the way, music was melodic i want to put this out there this is not a compare and contrast of which is better dime bag or or it's pantera not. and slayer it's not slayer did what fit slayer slayer 100 did what fit slayer i couldn't imagine any of those solos sounding any different if you like that's my whole point in saying this is if you plug Dimebag into Slayer and he tried to do a Dimebag solo over a Slayer song, it wouldn't fit. Can you it imagine Marty Friedman sense. playing in Slayer? I mean, come on, that's, dude. But that's what I mean. Could you do it? Could he do it? Yes. It wouldn't be Slayer. It wouldn't fit. So what Carrie does in Slayer, what Jeff did in Slayer, it fit. So all these like out-of-key, atonal, like, jerk on my whammy bar as hard as I can solos were what made Slayer Slayer. It was chaos. It was crazy. It was That's nuts. what I was saying. Like, if he sat down and composed those solos, it wouldn't have worked. Right. Carrie had to do 18 solos in a day to make it sound like Slayer. Well, yeah. But that's my the point. So you, you don't take a guy who's known for I'm just going to sit here and and then put say, but now I want you to do all of these super melodic, meticulous solos that have multiple parts. Could he do it? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I've seen them play many, many times. Kerry can play his own stuff very well. He can do cover songs, of course. I don't know if I've ever heard Kerry do a Dude. lead that's something like a dime bag lead, where it's got Zach Wild. sections. But Zach Wild, Zach Wild that's his bread and butter. Zach Wild worked his ass off preparing for Pantera. Oh yeah, he he, he watched Ola England videos off. and he. Sat there listening, learn note for note. Like, like I, I just don't. I, again, could Carrie do it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of guitar player he is when he's outside of Slayer. So I'm not going to sit here and say he couldn't. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who would say flat out, no, he couldn't. On the other hand, I can't see it sounding right. You know what I mean? Like it just he he's not the right fit. Zach is the right fit. Dude, Zach, because Zach and Dime look, were very look, similar be, players. Let's be fair. Pantera's not not hiring Steve Vai either. Yeah, Steve Vai could play it all too. 
Steve Vai has one philosophy about guitar. You can play anything if you put the work in. Steve Vai will literally, he could literally play for any band. They always say like, well, that guy could, no, no, no. There is not a band on the planet that Steve Vai couldn't play for. Why? Because he will lock himself in a room 24 hours a day until he can. I'm not saying that Steve Vai could hear Pantera and play it now, but he won't leave his room. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just Steve Vai. He's been, he's notorious for having like 18 to 20 hour a day practice sessions. That's where Steve Vai was like, he could play anything because that's what he does. He forces his body to do whatever it needs to do. So, yeah, Steve Vai could play in Slayer or he can play in Pantera. I'm sorry. I don't care anybody who disagrees. Steve Vai can do it because if he can't do it today, he will force himself to learn how. That's just Steve Vai. But you wouldn't hire Steve Vai in Pantera either. And actually, Steve Vai probably would have done it. Actually, I think Steve I would have done it. I think if they said to Steve I, we want someone to play for Pantera, would you do it? He's like, well, hell, I had to replace, I had to replace Eddie Van Halen and Ingve. I think I can handle it. Yeah, I mean, he could have done it. But I mean, like, that's the thing. But that's the thing, you know, it, the whole Pantera thing, it Makes wasn't no about sense. finding, it wasn't about finding the guy that could do it. It was about finding 80, the right guy. Every guitar player, every metal guitar player since Dimebag probably could do it they probably know lots of it because time was that influential you could have hired ola england and he probably could have done it at the same time he wouldn't have been the guy could you just imagine you know it being like does it chug does it chug you know what i mean like i mean look all 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 ball busting about ola aside the guy would have seriously the the if there is one per look I, I used to find Ola dude, super dude, dude. annoying. Ola I used to find him incredibly annoying. Like, because literally his YouTube channel used to be him plugging into a pedal and going, dun, 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 oh, dun, 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 oh, dun, dun, oh. Like, and that was like his whole channel. Now he's got a lot more. I, I just like making fun of him. Well, no, I do. I like but like Ola, Ola now, Ola now, like the guy he is on his YouTube channel now, and he, he even said. Over time, he introduced more of himself into his YouTube channel. I could see me hanging out with Ola and having a great time. His originally, I was like, "My God, I want to! I would want to slap this guy into inside of five minutes of meeting him." Now I'd be like, "Dude, what's up? Let's have a beer." You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, people like Ola too. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If Ola would have done it, he would have put the work in. He would have learned every single note. Of every single song. Ola could probably do it tomorrow. He's obsessed with Dimebag. Oh, I know. He's got all the guitars and everything else. Like He probably knows it now. Oh, yeah. And that, that's the thing. Like, he, you know, Zach Wilde used Ola's videos to actually learn a lot of the Pantera songs. He, he Zach Wilde flat out said, I used Ola England's videos to learn a lot of the Pantera because one, he would just lay it out. That one nerdy broad could have done it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know her. Actually, yeah. actually she doesn't play... She plays a lot of stuff, quote unquote, wrong, but she admits she's like, I, I don't necessarily play it right because I do everything by ear. And she's like, so I hear things and it might not be right. She's like, I, I find I out later that I play a lot of wrong, but what's that? I can't figure her out. What do you like, mean? Like, I, you, you know, I think you followed her on our, on our 
Instagram page, and I was watching. I did some because her- I just I enjoy watching her play. I think she's an right, awesome right. guitar and, player. And no, no, no. I, I watched her on YouTube before you followed her on her Instagram page because I was yeah, looking so at I. Dimebag videos. You know, like I that's how I found her, discovered her. Like, I did too. What I mean by I can't figure her out is sometimes I look at her and think she's fourteen. Other times I look at her and think she's thirty five. She's like twenty eight or something. Like I, you know, it's one of those things where mid to late twenties. Like she dresses like she's fourteen, and I'm not making fun of her because she seems like a cool lady. Like I'm not making fun of her at all. She's but a like hip, it's a hip lady. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those things where I'm like, should I be attracted to her or not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's she's one of those, de- but she's definitely she's definitely in her mid to late twenties. And well, that's um, what I'm saying. I'm looking. I'm looking at her and being like, like, am I disgusting or not? <laughs> Yeah, you know you're, definitely, I mean? like, you're definitely not disgusting. She's I'm like, definitely, well, but I'm watching your video saying like, well, she's kind of pretty, but I'm thinking, wait, is she like 14? And I'm like, you know, lining myself up for like jail. And I'll be, I mean, she admittedly like she, she, you know, she seems like a cool girl. I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm just kidding, of course. But oh, I know. no, 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 no. You, you look at her and go, oh, God, please tell me she's not underage because I just yanked it. You well, know? <laughs> well, it's funny because she, she's, you gotta, you gotta, the, she's an excellent guitar problem- player. The problem with her is the problem with her is is like you're 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 you know you're 15 minutes into a good yank and then it occurs to you oh crap she might not be of age you know what I mean <laughs> but I mean you're, the, you're just like you're you know, like oh god please let her be of age because I don't want to stop I'm about but to but you know what you know what I really like I'm about joking, her though, I, by the way and, and I'm I can't joking. remember I I, w- I wish I could remember her actual username so we could like actually like mention her her name and, okay, her real name may, is Kayla maybe Kent. maybe we, we don't want to after the things you've just said but um, real, <laughs> no 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 for the record her real name is Kayla Kent I think I don't know what her username is though let me but. My whole point is this. I know her real name, but let me look up. The the thing I love about her is she's obviously a big. It's by the way, it's Cappy, C-A-P-Y, Kayla. And all joking aside, she's an incredible guitar player. Well, what I was going to say was it was I wasn't going to say something, you know, disgusting. I was going to say something like what I love about her is she's a dedicated metalhead. Like she can play stuff front and backwards that a lot of guys can't play. Or a lot of she's people really can't play. Aussie. I mean, she's into, a yeah, lot of she but she Kramers. doesn't look like it. Like she's, she, she doesn't Kramers. She, she totally is the antithesis of what you like. You would see this person at a met, like her at a metal show and be like, Oh, her dad or her boyfriend probably dragged her here. When in actuality, she probably could play half the crap that's going no. on on stage. She looks like somebody like, you'd see at like she, an anime convention. Right, she's she has like bangs, and that's that's what I'm saying. She literally dresses like she's. I mean, I'm not making fun of her when I say this. She literally dresses no. like a 14 year old. She wears like flower, little cute flower dresses. She has bangs. She has the big glasses, and and like she always has like in the background of her video or like stuffed animals, and like it literally looks like. A, I mean, look, and I'm gonna say this right now. I'm not one to talk because I have a massive action figure collection. So half of my videos that I have posted on YouTube, you're like, wow, that guy's like, what, 10? Well, you know, you know but, who she's not? She's not. But, well, what's her name? Um, 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 hold on. Uh, sorry, I got to Google it because I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Um, Baldwin? She's, you know, she's not Becky Baldwin. Yeah. Who, 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 by the way, Becky Baldwin is an incredible incredible bass player and she's likely now full-time in merciful fate like um uh she was in merciful fate and then she left because they got joey vera and then now that joey vera left the rumor is is that becky baldwin will now be just the she will now be the full-time permanent bass player for merciful fate well kayla kent is not becky baldwin 
Well, but that's my point is, you know, They're polar opposites. And, and I, I think that's cool. And I, but I'm not insulting her or, or saying that I'm not that's, insulting that's either not cool. one of them. I'm, I'm well, no, no. What I'm saying, though, is like, I think it's cool that that she's she's like I said, a well-versed metal hedge. I mean, she can she's a better guitar player than I am. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I mean, she's at least better practiced as far as like learning the song she does. And she's got she's um, got such a what what I love about the way she plays is she's got such a such a fluid style. You'll see what I mean if you if yeah. you're a guitar player and you watch her. Her I style mean, I, is very fluid. I never liked playing leads, so I never spent a lot of time learning like oh play you know leads. I always worked. You don't on have my, a fluid guitar solo. Guitar solo. Well, you have a very. I'm staccato. Guitar. I'm like Zach Wild. Like Zach Wild style is closer to mine, where I'm I pick everything. But my my point in saying that was I always worked on my right hand because you know I could I could do it even when I wasn't playing guitar. Uh, <laughs> but well, I got I got one point, Popeye for him. Yeah, my point. My point. <laughs> my point is that I I dig the fact that you know look I um I I dig the fact that she's comfortable enough with herself. That she doesn't feel like she's got to like well, dress up, quote unquote. Now look, again, I'm a middle aged dude or approaching middle aged. I still wear all my band shirts. I still have my same leather well, jacket that can, I had when I was fair? sixteen. I still wear my you know camo pants. So look, I'm not sitting there saying I dress up. That's how I feel comfortable. But at the same time, I also love it when people who, you know, like the guy we were talking about who we inherited the metal show from. You you'd walk into the the, the show expecting. Billy Idol or or like you know whomever standing there like then you'd, you'd walk in and there'd be a guy wearing sensible jeans a polo shirt and docker shoes but the guy could talk circles around you about any metal band and he knew his stuff and and it, so like I, I'm just saying like sometimes it reminds me if you've ever seen the movie SLC Punk yeah. so the movie SLC Punk there's this one guy and they're like, you see, this is Mike. He looks like a total geek, but he's like the most hardcore guy in the entire scene. And it was Jason Siegel, and he plays this character who he's wearing khakis and a polo shirt, like tucked into his khakis and really like dark rim glasses. He looks like literally like Revenge of the Nerds nerd. And then he beats the living crap out of a guy because well, he dude, hits a girl. And then well, he's like running around. He kicks in like a, a police car window. And like, I mean, like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, Slayer. Look at What's my buddy that? Slayer. Yeah, he he's he never dude. His nickname was Slayer because we met him in college, and he was the last guy in the entire world you thought would be a metalhead. And the dude would like show up with a napalm death shirt on. Well, but that's the thing. Like you know, you, you don't even need to wear that. Like that's my point no, is I mean, that. Like what I'm saying is like he was the biggest metalhead I knew, and he certainly didn't look it. But that's my point. Like it it's cool. I I find it cool. Like the whole point. Like I always used to talk. You know, people always used to talk about punk and metal. And I'm going to get a little philosophical here. People always used to talk about punk and metal and how is it really punk to dress punk? Why? Because well, right. of course not. I mean, I, you know, I, of course I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Is it punk Which to SLC dress talk, punk? Why the whole punk, punk started out, and I was actually talking to this is really cool. So I was at a uh, I was at an action figure show, and yes, I go to action figure shows. Bite me. I was at a toy show and I bought a whole bunch of, I bought some spawn toys. I'm excited. You know, I, I like spawn. You know, I, I was actually maybe that's what made me listen to the dark saga this week. But, um, I was talking to a guy who, who grew up on the lower East side and he used to go to CBGBs and he was telling me all these stories about like meeting. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm peeing in the bathroom 
at CBGB's and there was no stalls. There was just a can. He goes, I look over and there's Patty Smith on the toilet just like, and she like looks at me and goes, huh, you're better than average. <laughs> like so. Oh my God. Oh what? my God. Dude, I got to pause for one second. Uh-oh. I got to pause this for one second. I was just clicking through Kayla's YouTube channel. She has a Johnson amp. Yeah, I know. She she yeah. likes her her dad used to play them or something. I was just right. reading about that today. But did you see the name of her YouTube video? Uh, no. She says she's cranking her big Johnson for six minutes, and the first thing in the comments was Phil Anselmo wishes he had a Johnson this big. <laughs> Kayla, way to go! That's awesome. Sorry. Continue. Anyway, so I, I was saying, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, but so. That's this guy, funny. this guy, you know, he's he's telling me all these stories about CBGBs and stuff, and he goes, you know, back when punks first started, you know, he's like, I was, I used to see the Ramones at CBGBs and everything else. He goes, we didn't wear safety pins and we didn't have like ripped up clothes because like you know it was fashionable. He goes, that's just we didn't have any money. He was like, we were broke. He goes, that that's how we dressed. He goes, we used to pin our clothes together not because it was cool but because we just we he goes if my shirt ripped i used to put safety pins in it because i couldn't afford a new one um so but you know eventually then it became like he's like now now you look in stores and there's like pre-worn jeans and you can buy jeans with holes already in them and stuff like that he's like he's like i just don't get it and so that's my point about like the whole metal and punk thing is i think it's metal as hell to sit there and say I'm going to wear a sunflower dress. I'm going to wear like, you know, knee high socks and I'm going to wear my anime shirts or whatever you want because I don't need to wear my napalm death shirt to like show everybody, look, I'm a metalhead and I'm legit. I'm here because the bottom line is if somebody saw her wearing a napalm death shirt. I guarantee half the guys who didn't know who she was would probably walk up and say name five songs name because you know, there's a lot the of that part about her is they could walk up and be like name five songs she's, and she could probably like, play you five she's songs. Like, I could play five songs like um, watch her play guitar and say she's not legit but that's my point that that's my whole point in talks you know talking about all these, these things is you know i metalheads love to peacock meaning metalheads love to walk into a metal show with their battle vest myself included i'm not criticizing anybody because i walk in with my battle vest i walk in with my cattle decapitation shirt or my cannibal corpse shirt whatever I was like, but, you know, for me, I do it a lot of times, first of all, because I like supporting the bands. I like, you know, whatever. But also for me, the number of conversations with random people I've had because they point out a patch on my vest. Like, I usually go to shows by myself. There's not a lot of people around me or really no one by me who likes going to death metal shows. So, like, when I go see the death show and the cryptopsy show, I'm flying solo. I'm going by myself. So I appreciate when... A random person, like I, I remember when I saw Cryptop or not Cryptopsy, when I saw Crypta and 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 Morbid Angel, and um, I remember in Revocation, I remember a random dude was just started talking to me because he pointed at a patch on my vest, um, and he was he, I had like a ten minute conversation before the band started about like different bands and stuff like that, like that that happens to me all the time, so I I get it, I get why metal fans peacock because some of it is look at the stuff I'm into and other parts are, Hey, I notice you're also wearing a cannibal corpse shirt. Let's BS for a while while we're waiting for these bands to start. Um, but on the other hand, I also think it's cool when people feel confident enough to, you know, do whatever they want to do. You know, I, I know a lot of metalheads who don't dress the part, so to speak, but they're as much metalheads as anybody else. And, 
You know, I had short hair for years. Why? I work in corporate America. It was the expectation that you come to the office with a nice, neat haircut and everything else. It was I mean, only I'm recent- at a point in my life where I could go back to having long hair, but... Well, you know, that's what it, I mean. I, I'm at a point in my life. I work at home now. Nobody notices. Nobody cares. I can have long hair again. I grew it out during the pandemic. It wasn't an option for me for many, many years. Um, now it's back. But at the same time, like, whatever, you know, like long hair doesn't you don't have to have long hair to love metal or be, or be bald. That's what's funny. The two extremes of, of metal heads. Cool. That's what's funny. The two extremes of metal heads. You either have to have long hair or be bald. If you're anywhere in between, people look at you weird. <laughs> That's what's funny. Um, anyways, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I think that's cool. So off, you know, we've kind of gone off the rails here and off of Carrie King finally, and I'm, I'm kind of happy about that because I really, while, while, we, while we enjoy making fun of him, there is one other thing we wanted to talk about before we move on or before we close the books. Now, I think this one will be short enough so we don't go too crazy. But you want you want to tell us what it is because I've been blabbering for a while. Well, which one? The 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 the. Wait, which one? What do you mean, which one? I don't know. What are we talking about? You tell me. You the 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 post. Um. Oh, Ozzy. Yeah. So Sharon Osbourne, or should I say it's supposed to be Aussie's Handlers, Aussie's Conservatory or whatever uh, it's called. Like I always say, um, (laughs) you ever notice that Aussie doesn't talk while Sharon's drinking water? Um, I guess uh, Kanye West wanted an Aussie song without vocals so he could play it at some event he did or whatever. And he went ahead and did it anyway. And Ozzy, again, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's not really Ozzy. Ozzy's handlers. <laughs> Ozzy's handlers wrote that they specifically told him no, and he did it anyway, and they're royally pissed. They are royally pissed that Kanye did that because Kanye has clearly said and done some things uh, in the public light as of late that are screwed up. Um, what, what, what I love is that Kanye West has said some things as of late that are obviously terrible, and people are mad at him for it. Like the, the the public is turning against Kanye West, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, like, why did it take you this long, man? Like, why did it take people this long to to, to not like Kanye West? It, uh, by the way, I anytime I think of Kanye West, I think of one thing, and you know what it is. It's that meme where it's a picture of Kanye West being like, "I make my own beats." And then underneath it, it's Neil Peart going, that's cute. <laughs> Anytime I see Kanye West, that's a meme. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's a, it's, one of, it's one of my favorite memes. It's like, you know, there's that stockpile of your favorite memes. I mean, one is John Cena looking at uh, looking at Stevie Wonder going, you can't see me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that one makes me laugh every time. Like, if I'm having a bad day, I just need John Cena saying you can't see me to Stevie Wonder. Um, but, yeah, dude, so Kanye, like, man, he so, he, he pissed off Sharon Osbourne. Or, excuse let me, me Osbourne. ask you, have you seen, um, there is a video floating around, and let me make sure I have my, um, um, make sure I have my names right, because I am not, okay. Is he the one that did uh, Queen? You know who you know who uh, T Pain is? Yes, I do know who T Pain is. He covered War Pigs, but he did it as I a cover it. song. 
and it got a lot of video posting. And I guess even Ozzy actually reposted I, it and said, I've wow, heard that was it, a really I don't great like cover. It. I don't like it, but I give the guy... Okay, so let me throw this out real quickly about T-Pain. He's the I guy that made auto-tune, like, famous. Right. But there is this god-awful TV show called The Masked Singer. It's, like, the worst TV show ever. It's a bunch of terrible celebrities, and they wear costumes. And they get up, and they do... They sing songs. And then it's like American Idol kind of deal where you get a winner, but it's famous people in costumes and they don't know who they are and they try to guess who it is. And T-Pain, and I know this just because I know this, I was shown the video, T-Pain won one of the seasons. And T he flat out said, the reason I did this is because people know me for being the audio auto-tune guy. They know me for producing what I produce. I'm, I'm glad that people finally know that I'm actually a talented guy and I can actually sing. Like T Pain can actually sing. Like I don't. I know a lot of. I know a lot of those rappers. They're like the guy's actually talented, but they. But you wouldn't know it. Like from what I understand, T Pain's a talented guy who just happens to make terrible music. But I'm under the impression that a lot of people really like his cover of War Pigs. I think I heard it once. The reason I say I think I heard it <laughs> was I was at a bar about a year ago. And I heard this terrible cover of War Pigs, and it was like, the hell is this? I'm assuming that's what I heard. No. He actually did a really good job. Oh, well, then I'm wrong. Okay, continue. No, I mean, he it was with a, with a full band, and he actually sang the actual oh, song. Oh, that's not as what I heard. Supposed to be. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, no. then I'm not surprised, because I know the guy can actually sing. No, no. Um, I'll send you a link. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, what the hell? I, I, dude, I'll give credit where credit is due. No, with like a full and band continue. and everything. Like it was not, it was not like electronic or anything like that. Oh yeah, well then um, I'll gladly hear it. So, I you know, there's two things about the T Pain. First of all, Ozzy actually reposted it and said good job. Like he said he really liked it. Um, well, and, I'm and sorry. That, that actually, I'm Ozzie, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Sharon really yeah, liked it. Can we can we be fair? Ozzy probably would have liked it. Well, no, I, I'm saying they, well, that's the thing. A lot of people were posting about that that thing about Kanye from Ozzy. One hundred percent chance Ozzy didn't post this, but would agree with it. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, look, T Pain did a really good War Pigs cover. Um, yeah, the guy can actually sing. I know that for a fact. Well, but it doesn't take much to sing War Pigs. I mean, look, no, let's it doesn't. I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know. I'm just on saying him the, or anything the, the like auto tune that. guy can actually carry a tune. That's all. My, my point. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to take the piss out of him or anything like that for our UK listeners. Um, I'm just saying, like, look, let's be honest with you. He's not exactly singing Iron Maiden here. You know, like he's not no. singing Judas Priest. Like he's he's singing Ozzy, who's always been, you know, notoriously fairly monotone. Um, but you know, and War Pigs is actually one of the easier I mean, songs I'll, in his catalog. I, gotta, I have to sing. I have to sing War Pigs in a lower key. But I can sing. I can sing War Pigs. Generals gathered in their masses. I, have to, I sing it in a slightly lower key, but I can hit. I can do the range of it in a lower just key. Just like you know? witches at black you know masses. I mean? Anyway, continue. You were saying. So, my point is that. Um, so it's not that Ozzy doesn't like people using his music. It's just that he had a problem with yeah, Kanye in particular. You know and, yeah, and I, I mean, Ozzy was always a cool dude about that sort of thing. He has a problem with stuff that Kanye has said and done. So, and, my, and I will also say this real quick. 
we know that Ozzy didn't post that, but Ozzy probably would have been pissed. Yeah, well, I mean, anybody who Ozzie, uses dude, the last thing Ozzy's going to do is badmouth an ethnic group. Well, but no, not only. But I'm saying, like, you know, the the thing about it is, like, it comes down to respect. Like, you don't. If somebody says no for whatever reason, even if it's just I don't like my music being sampled, you you respect that. You know, it's no different than if somebody you know you want to put out a cover song. And say I'm really proud of this cover song. I want to do it, and the, and the guy says, "I don't like my music being played by other people except for me." You respect that. Why? That's his music. That's his or her music. You respect that. You don't just do it anyways. Um, right? No, and I I agree with this. I mean, in in the, in the Kanye West well, example, I don't care it's about because the of Kanye West, but yeah, I mean, I don't care about the reasoning. I don't care. No, I like, I don't care why he said no. Maybe he was in a bad mood that day and said no. The fact of the matter is the person now people a lot of people are saying, look, it was a Black Sabbath song and Ozzy is only one of four other, you know, one of three other people who are Black Sabbath, you know, one of four, one of three other people, whatever. So whatever, I no, no, Iomi hasn't said anything. Bill Ward hasn't said anything. Geezer Butler hasn't said anything. But it was a live performance from 1983, so more than likely it was Ozzy's band. Like it was probably off it was, of it, uh, no, no. It was the that the 1983 the U.S. festival is that festival that Triumph made famous. Um, where I always say, if you want to see the greatest live performance of all time, you got to watch Triumph at the U.S. festival. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's that big festival that that um. Well, I know exactly what festival it is, but it's uh, Quiet Riot played at it, and so did Motley Crue. Like uh, Quiet Riot's performance there, it's one of the ones that made their career too. Point being, point being though, it was Ozzy's band more than likely, not Black Sabbath. It was absolutely Ozzy's band. Yeah, so it wasn't like Sabbath with Dio. It was I watched it. It was Ozzy. So, so yes, the song belongs to Sabbath, but the performance belongs he, to he Ozzy. Used Ozzy's version of it, yes, right. You didn't pull it from the from 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 Black Sabbath you pulled it from Ozzy um so point being is that like look you know with T-Pain my you know the only question I had about T-Pain's version was how many people realized and and I'm not trying to like take a dump on on him or his listeners yeah you don't want to Vince McMahon his listeners no well no how many people realized it was a Black Sabbath song and not a T-Pain song well people are dumb no I know well no no but that's the thing you know, Black Sabbath, if you're not into rock, you know, I take for granted or we all take for granted sometimes our us like fans of metal and, and rock music and stuff. Everybody knows who Black Sabbath is, but I don't know. Like, if you were to tell me the name of a pop star, I couldn't name one song. I couldn't even name a note of a song that they've done. So, yeah, you know, for me, I, I, I know who Black note. Yeah. Well, I know who Black Sabbath is. I know what War Pigs is. There's a. It reminds me. Remember when Paul McCartney appeared on a? Oh yeah. Well, who was it? I don't know. It may have even been Kanye. I don't remember. Yeah, well, I think it was, was Kanye. Like, like, yeah. Where there, I and I don't know if they were jokes or what, but they were like, dude, I don't know who this Paul McCartney guy is, but he's about to blow up. Thanks to Kanye for always highlighting, you know, up and coming artists. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, people who know the Beatles are like, uh, Paul McCartney is like. You know, some of the best-selling music. You know, he's a member of a band that has the best-selling music of all time. The Beatles sold a billion albums. Yeah, literally a billion albums. Yeah. So, like, and all of it, almost all of it, was written by Paul. I, I I was just, I was listening to this T Pain cover, thinking to myself, like, all the people dancing in the back. How many of them are saying, "Man, T Pain is just brilliant for coming up with this stuff," 
And I'm not saying they do. Maybe they are like, oh, I know this song. Maybe they're like, like, oh, I know this. You know who this is? Seventy. Yeah, but this. But I'm thinking to myself, how many people? Because there, you know, dude, this happens to me all the time. Like when I first heard Dead Souls, Nine Inch Nails do Dead Souls. I didn't have the internet. It was years before I realized, oh my god, this is a Joy Division song. Yeah. You know, when I heard when I heard Anthrax do London, it took me a long time before I realized, oh, this is a Smith song. Like, yeah, not because, everybody reads the liner notes. You know what I mean? Right. Not everybody reads the liner notes. And at the time when these songs came out, not everybody cares. Like, not everybody cares to read the liner notes. Some people are, you know, especially now with iTunes and Spotify, people j- or, and YouTube, people just listen to the song. And they're like, wow, this is a great song. Like, I don't know where T-Pain came up with this stuff, but this is amazing. And then they're like, oh, Kanye sampled that T-Pain song. And you, you come to realize, you know, and there are some cover songs that transcend the original. No one knows Slade's Come On, Feel the Noise. Everybody knows, uh, everybody knows Quiet Riots. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, sure. You know, I mean, there's, there's, well, there, there's, there's, there's loads of those songs. You know, I mean, dude, Once Bitten, Twice Shy is a cover. Great White's one, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. It's a cover. They didn't write it. <laughs> you know? Um, it was released in, seven, in the 70s. Um, um, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Uh, 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 live and Let Die. They, they live a, and let, I mean, at least Live and Let Die was a really It was a Bond well-known, song. But. It was a well-known song. I mean, there's loads of them. Like, like Once Bitten, Twice Shy by Ian Hunter wasn't necessarily. Right. But the, I mean, like, the, there's. The cover is way more famous than the original. Well, the, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the cover, but I'm saying like there's 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 an audience out there that knows the Guns N' Roses song and doesn't know the Paul McCartney version. Of course, of course, no, 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 of course, of course. You know, I mean, like there, there, there will always be a group of people that don't know it's a cover. In some cases, the original is really popular, I, and I cannot In some remember. Cases, it isn't. I can't remember the example, but there's another one where I found out. I just found out. I'm like, holy crap! I didn't know that was a cover, and I can't think of what the example was. I never realized it was a cover because I never paid attention. Well, dude, like the, I just, the song, the song "Hello Hooray" is a cover. Mm-hmm. The Alice Cooper song "Hello Hooray" is a cover. This happens all the time, and um, but I mean, I, that's I really another story for another day. I don't want to, I don't want to drag this conversation on long, much longer about about mentioning because we could mention a million of them. In fact, we did an episode once about that. And I'd, I'd actually love to bring it back and talk about cover songs, but um, I just, I, I just know we're I about wish, we're about at our time, and I want to drink a lot more. So. I wish I could think of the song like that I just realized was a cover, and I was like dumbfounded by it, and I can't think of what it was, but uh, I don't know. It happens. It happens. No, it's it totally happens. It's it's crazy when that does. I would be curious. I I, I would. You have to look at the comments. There will be some people who will be saying that jokingly, but there will be people that are like, "Man, T Pain, what a writer!" Yeah, T Pain doing a song, anti-war song. What a great yeah. you know poet. Of course, he's a poet. He didn't know it. I don't know, man. People I mean, know. but look, you know, I'm, and I'm. You know what? I hope a lot more people who listen to T Pain and don't listen to Black Sabbath find out that it's a cover and go back and listen yep. to Black Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, I, would I mean, like look, to, I mean, part of me thinks that if you're into T Pain, you're not the kind of person who's intelligent enough to look stuff up. But you never know. <laughs> I'm, I'm being a jerk, dude. I'm being a jerk. T Pain is supposed to be a good guy, and he's a talented guy. Despite the kind of music that made him famous, but I mean, look, um, you know, I I, I have some day, things but. I have some things in my record collection that I probably would not want our listeners to know about. Um, 
I can think of one example in particular that I won't say, but let's just say I've, I've got some records in my record collection that I would not probably talk about on the show. Nothing, nothing like disgusting. Uh, no, nothing like, you know, like nothing like, you know, modern pop music. But look, I, I'll be honest with you. I love 80s pop. Like yeah, a lot of cool. '80s pop, I really, really like. I, yeah, I I've like, said it before, man. I got show tunes. I don't care. I got Dead or Alive in the collection. I, I Bill, I'm a huge Billy Idol fan. Like I, I love Billy Idol. I could listen to Billy Idol all day long. Um, I, the, the, the album I listened to most last year was the Les Miserables soundtrack. I mean, on 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 um, on Spotify or not on Spotify on Apple Music. The song I listened to most, the, the album I listened to most last year on Apple Music was the Les Miserables soundtrack, and I don't care because it's awesome. And I don't mean from the bullcrap movie, which is god-awful. With Russell Crowe, who can't sing? Oh, God. Russell, between Russell Crowe not singing and and Hugh Jackman just not singing the, the, the part the way it's supposed to be sang, he, he's good, but he didn't do it right. Well, um, Jackman's actually a musical theater yeah, guy. Jackman so. is good. It The problem is the... The way the, the the song is sung completely in a way that Jack that 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 Hugh Jackman could never do it, but well, he did a, leave he it did, to Wolverine to not do things the way they're Hugh supposed Jackman to. Hugh Jackman did a great job of that role. If you don't know what it's supposed to sound like, Russell Crowe is just bad. But anyway, anyway, actually, you know what? Why don't we talk about covers next week? Because I seriously, if I remember, sure, I seriously need to go drink more. And I got, you know what? I just, uh, yeah, I want to go drink some more. So why don't we, why don't we cut it off here? We'll, we'll, we'll pick this up next week. It'll be cool. We can talk about covers or not. If we forget, we probably forget. I'll probably forget. I like it. I like it. Well, anyway, hey. So I want to thank everybody for listening again, as usual. And um, we are, we're gonna be back next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just ready to go, man. I want. I seriously, I want to go. Like we're going now. The rest of my beer is upstairs, and dude, I'm jonesing for more beer. It's just I, one of those nights. See, this is why you need to start drinking whiskey, because I have... I well, I'll be honest with you, I I drank a half gallon of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, anyway, I gotta go drink more. So, <laughs> we are gonna make like a tree, and we are gonna get out of here. Anyway, we want to thank you very much for listening. I'm Porno Duff. Uh, I'm just Rex. <laughs> anyway, we will see you next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Dunn.